Ladies and gentlemen, once again, welcome to professional the Professional Goblin Games. God damn it, I always do that. Professional Goblin Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott. With me, as always, is uh, Mike Myler. Hello, everyone. And our third host, I'm Savannah Broadway. And uh, joining us today is the indomitable, the fantastic, the wonderful, the magnificent Kevin. Tell people who you are. Uh, hey, Kevin Griffin. Who are you, what do you do, and why do we care? Oh, sorry. Uh, so I am the lead designer for Samurai Sheepdog. Uh, Role-playing game design and uh, just board games and gaming in general that we work with. Uh, I'm also the owner and lead designer of North Corner Press. Did you, can, one more time? Okay. Um, dark, no, dark, dark what? The lead designer. It's the last part of your last sentence there. What was that? Oh, uh, lead designer and uh, owner of North Winter Press. Ah, okay. Fantastic. I thought you said Dark Orifice, and I was like, I would have remembered Dark Orifice. <laughs> yeah, that's a big difference. See, I, I, thought you said, uh, I thought you said Dwarf Fortress, and I'm like, really? That God is damn. something I did not know about you. Yeah. Right? What if it was like the Dark Orifices of a Dwarf Fortress, and that was just like your whole pup? Okay. That's oh my god, just... I, I would play that game, man. Let's... I would probably get into that, Let, yeah. Let's do this. Like, that's I'll, keep that for, I'll keep that in mind for a maturity line. You play as <laughs> Lemmy Winks? Oh god. So I, I want to show you something I got from a, a Gen Con a few years back. Uh, perhaps you, re you recall this? I still have this. Yes, sir. How <laughs> cute. But yeah, yeah the, uh, you guys are pretty awesome. We, believe it or not, me and other people may have in fact heard of you. And um, oh, if you guys couldn't see, that was a Samurai Sheep Dart. Uh, now, did you card. do uh, Fall of Man, or is that just part of the publishing house and worked with Owen? Which one? We did. Yeah, Oops. we we did work with Owen on Fall of Man. That's yeah, cool, I like dude. Fall of Man a lot. It's cool. Uh, whenever people are like, "Oh man, you should convert the Wasteland to Pathfinder," I'm like, "Or you could just go get Fall of Man and Broken Earth because they both did a really good job." Like, Thank you. yeah, I do that for. Uh, was it right publishing's kaidan too because people are like oh convert miss fuguna pass i'm like actually there's a japanese horror thing right over here they did a great job just just go grab that <laughs> well there's lots, there's lots of times where it's like um like oh what about an aquatic thing i'm like come on guys you know surrealian seas exist perfect or not it's it exists and it's damn good uh lucas pelosi keeps going and tagging me whenever someone brings up a uh polynesian thing i'm like i wrote that already yay I, yeah, I, I right? it with Maine. With the no. of the wave. <laughs> there was a, a post in the Starfinder or Pathfinder group, and somebody tagged me in because they were looking for like how to do superheroes in, in Pathfinder, which you know we totally did, and it's great and awesome. And then uh, I added on to the post like, oh yeah, and here's the blog series where I do like Spider-Man and the Hulk and all these different superheroes, and I list off like half of them. And then immediately post after that is like the guy is like, you can't do superheroes with Pathfinder. It's, it's like, <laughs> Like, literally, I just gave you links to, like, two dozen superheroes in Pathfinder, and you're, okay. Yeah, there's right. some really good ones, too. I know I, I was looking at them after I watched you guys last podcast. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. I'm, I was, I was, I'm happy with that series. Yeah. The Venom symbiote. 
I'm gonna make Colossus and then put that on him and then fight people with it. Oh, what was it? We, oh. Last week we had um, some guy in one of the Pathfinder groups do something similar. I got tagged in one where someone was like, "Oh, you should do like a Sentai thing or like a like a kind of like you know." World. And I'm like, and someone tagged me because we did the Sentai hero and the magical girl for um, yeah. Gonzo too, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's right here. We did it." And they're like, "We someone should do it." I'm like. Here's the link. Bye. Bye. And they're like, oh, that's really cool. Someone should do it. I'm like, all right, guys, good job. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So, Mike, I feel you there. So, yeah. anyway, guys, if you don't know, if it's your first time watching, oh my god, you're in for a treat. But um, yes. we are, we have a seg we have a kind of segmented, formatted show here. Um, there's a few topics we go through, and at the end, our guest gets to kind of blab at us for a bit about whatever he wants. And um, that will be, I'm sure, enlightening. Um, if you guys didn't notice, this we've been back, gone for a few weeks. We just had so, we had Gen Con. We had a bunch of scheduling stuff. We are back, baby. We are ready to go. We may be switching to Skype and getting some sexier graphics. So um, we are hoping for that soon. Um, the first segment of our show, we talk about a character we're either playing in a game right now or we well, play, or normally we do a review. Yeah, but true, uh, true. we didn't get any product to review, which happens pretty often because yeah. we're all very busy people. Um, so Kevin, yeah, no review this short. Uh, Gen Con was great. Uh, yeah, no, actually, uh, well, I'll, we'll talk about it later. But Gen Con was worth it just for the gaming museum. The gaming oh what? yeah, that was a good one this year. That was fucking the super. Awesome. The fifty-year the museum that they put museum, up in yeah, honor right. of Gary Gygax. Yeah. yeah, it's dope. It was really uh, good. If you look through my Facebook wall, I did like a live walkthrough, so you can like at least get an idea of like how much awesome there was there. But yeah, yeah, we got a bunch of pictures we posted too. Yeah, it's cool. So five out of five for the uh, 50th year Gen Con Museum. Although I don't have my my whole getup on. Uh, you don't have a, you don't have like a shuriken? To, were there any dead turtles there? Uh, no, no dead turtles. But I'm gonna give the shuriken <laughs> in honor of Gary Gygax five knives. And the shuriken. There I see go. how it is. I am actively planning to write an adventure that involves dead turtles, and you go and give the first one to Gary Gygax. He's not even here. You already got the well. <laughs> technically, Zombie Sky Press or whatever got the first one because there there was a dead turtle. Oh, so, there was a dead turtle. All Mike, right, fine. I, Third time's a charm. So, in a book I recently put, put out, uh, uh, Alien Party Bus with the greatest cover ever made. You uh, want people to play as turtles? That's bullshit. That's well, no, bullshit. No, no, no. Fuck you. I put a fucking line in there, die. dude. There's a line in there about how they die. Specifically added, just be like, Mike, I, I dropped the line in there. Is it just like they, they have uh, endless suffering that seems to go on for eternity? Actually, they are, they are the uh, most snarky, self-depressed assholes in the world, in the universe. So yes, they kind of do in their own humdrum life. Um, so you made but the yeah, bike race and made, you like, made one, the turtles. Like, this is worse than when Robert Brooks was like, oh, dude, your books are like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, all right. New let, topic. Let's move on to second the second section. Yes. Go for it. So the second section, technically, we'll do the uh, the favorite character. Yeah, Mike is doing his little arm wave so he knows where to time mark here. Yes. We're going to, but yeah, we are, um, we are at the point where we're going to talk about a character we've either been playing recently and that we liked, or as a GM, or even in another game, a character you learned something from in the past. And uh, I will not go first, but I will tell you guys that I actually did jump in on a 5th Ed game recently, which is kind of cool, and uh, I will tell you the glory that happened there. 
I'll talk about my physics game. Yeah, Mike, what, what's going on yours? So my uh, my shitty paladin died a while ago, and I started playing uh, just like I did the D and D random character generator, and I got um, you know what the fuck is my D and D character, and I got I don't know some shadow halfling, so I went with that. He's a shadow sorcerer, and I went for utility caster, which at first I thought was gonna suck, uh, and it's just proven to be super useful. Like utility uh, casters generally are. Yeah, like I it just I'm, I'm more useful than I expected, and they weren't. Oh, okay, all right. So we're up in this sky castle, and we raided it, and we're about to be attacked by cloud giants. We're trying to like take over the castle, and we got this dragon with us. And the dragon, you know, the giants come all into the room where, and we decimate them. And then one of them flies off, and I'm like, okay, we'll just wait one round, dragon, and I will invisibility you and everybody on you, and then you can just go out and tear them up. And the dragon's like, no, nah, I can't wait for that. I'm like, okay, you know, there are ballistas and you know rock throwing giants out there, like whatever. So they go out there, and like the first round, they almost get knocked out of the sky. <laughs> right? I'm like, yeah, good thing you guys are invisible. And uh, then they like got up in there. The dragon flees away, and they're they're doing okay. And then uh, the fighter dude gets knocked out. And uh, I had cast a flying spell on him that was still concentrating because while this is all going on, Belton is on his his gigantic bear Paddington uh, that he got from his <laughs> bag of tricks, and he's just like flying around, opening doors in the giant castle, looking for shit to loot. As one does. As one does, indeed. <laughs> indeed, right? The, the healer was like, I'm waiting here for the dragon to come back. I'm like, bullshit, we're in a fucking castle. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? So I turned, you can. Yeah, I turned my bear invisible with the dust of disappearance, and we just, off we go. And uh, so they knock him out, and like he's working out his falling damage and stuff. I'm like, I don't know if he gets knocked down, because he's flying, and he didn't cast a spell, and I, I'm thinking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, so we looked it up. It's like, it specifically says when you're flying in combat that if you're knocked out and you're under the effects of the fly spell you just float so rather than <laughs> fall to their deaths Belton saves the day with the rules and then uh, later they're like fighting it and he's like uh, hacking away at this giant he's battle master he's superior to ice and crap and he had his DC's calculator wrong and I pointed it out and I was like woo Belton saves the day and all the while I'm just like looting the castle while they do the actual fight no that's wrong <laughs> which they wouldn't be it. able to do were it not for Belton and his Thank utility God. spells there we go. So uh, to follow that up, Mike. So I uh, I recently started playing a game in a venture module. I don't run I don't run in many modules. Now props to my friend Coleman who is running it. Uh, it's his first time jamming and it's and it's a lot of fun with him. Uh, there was a little bit of a snafu at one point, but uh, we'll skip over that. I'm playing a battle cleric. Um, what the fuck was Those are name? surprisingly satisfying in five E. They are. They are. Mm -hmm. We actually didn't get. The weird thing was we didn't. Hi, Kirk. My my corgi wants to say hi. Um, we didn't get into a lot of combat. We did, but we kind of thought her and, and talked her way out of like all of it, which was kind of weird. Uh, what the hell Please is do. it? It's the five um, E one where it's like an Aztec kind of setting. The <laughs> Ulmen. Anyway, that we're in an Aztec temple and okay. uh, underground. And the the story I will tell you today is how um, a simple detect evil good evil spell in five E just wrecked an entire encounter. We go into this room <laughs> and there's this fucking like tomb and it's like an undead thing we're like oh shit we know it's gonna happen there's gonna be like some mummy or evil spirit in there and we're gonna get fucked up right well I go up to it and I do detect good and evil well if you guys don't know it basically detects anything good evil magic that is good or evil all this good and evil like anything alignment based any outsiders basically it kind of got a big power like an upgrade from a like pathfinder it's a very good utility spell to yep. have so we walk around and Sure enough, guess what? The tomb is evil, the sword, the axe on the wall is evil, 
the there's a big and I figured out the tech magic there's a ward on it I dispel it with a nat 20 we get in there and there's this corpse it has a helmet a necklace and a bunch of gear on it and those two things are resonating as the evils thing in the, do, the goddamn room and I'm like oh it's a, it's a skeleton and so my guy is a is basically retired Conan gone priest um, he is an old man who is um, relearning his stuff but he has 20 strength so he can just straight jump 20 feet it's great <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he Mario Brothers that shit around He's a big hammer, it's great um, So we go there And, we're, and we, we're, we loot all the stuff off the body That isn't evil And we figure out with some knowledge checks That the helmet and the pendant together Keep the corpse dead And we're like, you know what We should probably kill the undead thing So it doesn't go screw with people I go, wait, I'm an old adventurer I have an idea so I take, we take the ropes and we bind the shit out of the corpse. <laughs> so then we take off the helmet and necklace and it starts coming back, but it's bound in the tomb. <laughs> and we all are sitting over it with weapons like this, ready to action if it goes. And all I can imagine is just this like satisfying like beat down being list laid, like, you know, like dust flying everywhere and this corpse pieces everywhere. Because he never got a turn, he never recovered HP. And he just- Oh no! He just flat just died. It was like, that was the BBEG, but we just kind of like bound the BBEG, outfought him, and beat the shit out of him. It wasn't even that satisfying because the rogue on turn one, who was sitting there with a bow like assassin hitting it, just dealt enough damage to straight up kill it. And everyone else just still beat the shit out of it. And we're like, all right, we're done. Great job. We, and, and the gem, he's just sitting there like, you defeated my encounter with rope. And we're like, <laughs> so, See, that's why veteran adventurers always carry at least 50 feet of rope. Even better, I have a robe of useful items. Oh. And I have I have four mastiffs living in there, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but yeah, we used random gen, and I got, uh, I was a human, so I ended up with 20 strength at first level, and eight, I think 18 or 19 wisdom or something. Um... <laughs> And it's 20 with the advancement from uh, or fifth level, so I think it's fourth level. And uh, so, yeah, the, the way the jumping works is that if you have a 10-foot running start, you can jump a number of feet without a check equal to your strength score, not modifier. So I can just straight up lunge 20 feet after a 10-foot start. And without a... Without a and with a, with a little bit of a run-up, I can just j straight... This old man who's like 70 can just do a straight seven-foot jump in the air. And everyone else is just sitting there like... Because he sits there like cracking his like body. And they're like, oh, I'm not sure about this. And um, then he just fucking bounces off the wall. And it's like there's this rule that if you exceed your distance with a character's movement, you end your turn. So I did this thing where I ran, hopped, hopped with a dash action and just landed in the middle of the air just like alright end of my turn I'm just sitting up there like this and I'm ready to suplex the thing next round but yes that is my old man oh, what the fuck is his name something like is it yeah I'll look it up in a sec what well, you guys go but anyway so um, yes we will we will look forward to more of that story uh, I'm sure I don't know if uh, 5e detects Evil and good works quite that way. It it's called detect good evil. I was looking through it. We trust me. We had a great discussion over the rules on it. <laughs> okay, detect good and evil. Five E. 
We, does we, like uh, desecration, but not like evil right. magic items. No, 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 desecration no. We, we know that. We, we, uh, the area was considered desecrated, and the sure. I was able to use detect magic on the items to figure out what they were, and then we oh. knowledge arcane them. Well, arcane them. There's not knowledge anymore. But yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. It's not evil magics, but it's desecration and stuff like that. Fiends, undead. Yep. Also, for some reason, fey elementals. Celestials, anything? <laughs> yes. It's very specific now. Yep. They, they totally got rid of the aura stuff. I've had to mm -hmm. redo it. So anyway, Savannah, what do you got? Uh, so I'm in a 13th age game that meets up every other week. And uh, here recently, our characters were uh, playing in sort of an Arthurian England setting. Yeah, you mentioned and, that. Uh, I think last time. Yeah, and... And uh, our characters uh, dealt with this rival lord. We we serve House McAshton and their House McLordrick. And uh, we've been dealing with this rival lord, and he's been a real dick to everybody. And my character was hired by him, but he was still a dick. And so when we finally, like, wrapped up what we had to, like, deal with around him, we went to the next town. And uh, my character is pretending to be a cleric of St. Madeline of the Forge, but she is actually a uh, druid who follows the Candlejack, who's like the trickster deity. Hmm. I, I have a type, I understand. Um, but point being, she thinks that the best way to honor her deity in this is to get everyone together and to make up a really outrageous rumor about Lord uh, McLordrick. And so we end up like getting together and deciding that there was an awkward training accident and that Lord McLordrick like ended up bisecting a certain part of his anatomy <laughs> and it was it was so weird that even the prostitutes that he totally hires to follow his camp around because you know his guys can't get ladies on their own and also uh, he's a terrible boss so he has to offer fringe benefits um, so yes, even the prostitutes that he hired would not, like, go anywhere near it and went on strike. <laughs> and so we, we rolled high enough and convinced slash bribed the bards in the inn that we were in to take up singing this song. So, um, The yeah, Great that, Legend that was... speaks of the bisected tree branch. <laughs> yes. by lightning. But never touched. Did you actually make a song, or did you just declare it was a song? Uh, we declared that there was a song. Uh, okay. There were several attempts at creating a song that <laughs> night. I think everyone was a bit too sober for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, ultimately, my character invented clickbait uh, because she's, <laughs> you know, uh, a traveling healer. So she's out there, you know, <laughs> blessing people and removing warts and shit. And she's like, oh yeah, by the way, I totally treated this guy named Lord McLordrick, who, you know, had this weird injury. I can't tell the story nearly as well as those bards, but you should go talk to them to find out. <laughs> the, cler the clerics hate them. Yep. Get, get rid of your gentle warts and these three easy steps. <laughs> Pretty much. Meet up so with that, local that's... wizard folk in your area tonight. Mm. Do you guys see the uh, just quick sidebar? Do you guys see the Wizard of uh, Australia? No. The Wizard of Australia, no. Oh my God! It's f oh hey okay hey. There is an official Wizard of New Zealand. So if there wasn't already yeah. enough reason for me to fucking go there, 
there's a fucking wizard. Uh, and then, like, I don't believe he does real magic or anything, but, like, there's a wizard. How like, it's an, it's an honorary title or something? Yes, yeah, it is cool. an honorary. He's the best. I'm, I'm so excited to meet him someday. And then um, there's a really great YouTube series called Wizards, Wizard of Id or Wizard Australia or, or something like that. Wizard of Yeah, that might be that. Might, something like that. Something like that. Um, and it's hilarious. It's about a wizard from like this D and D world who comes to, to like, try to live in Melbourne, Australia, like a regular person, and his oh, like no. arch nemesis, this you know crazy chaos sorcerer, destructo metal freak, also comes to live there and just like ruins his life. It's great. Oh, no. oh. sounds magnificent. Sounds magical. It is. Indeed. It is. Oh. But, so Kevin, Kevin, tell us your story. Yes, enchant right. us with your words. Alright, so uh, currently, playing, yeah, currently playing a uh, rogue in Pathfinder. Uh, we actually just finished up a 5th edition game that I was running, and I get to play, yay! So, yeah, yeah I'm usually the GM. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my niece is running it, and uh, we I started playing this rogue, and the game starts out uh, with us in a line. Like, that's the first thing she says. She says, okay, so the five of you are in a line. What's this line for? And she's like, well, the king is actually hiring people, and he wants you to stand in this line until he's ready to let everybody in and tell them about what he wants to do. And I was like, all right, well, how far back in the line am I? And she's like, oh, you just got there. You're, like, right at the back. I'm like, okay. So I start bluffing my way up, and I make my way all the way up to the front. And uh, get my, I get up to the point where I meet one of the other characters, who's this barbarian uh, half-orc. And... Uh, her husband, who is also a half-orc, and uh, they, the both of them are like, well, we're not going to let you buy us. And I was like, well, then just come with me. And so they come with me all the way up to the front of the line. And by the time that we get all the way up there to the other people who actually were there early in the morning, uh, I'm just telling everybody else, I'm like, oh, they already closed it. It's okay. You're, you're done for the day. We're, you know. <laughs> and then so, so when the guy when the guy from the king actually comes out, he comes out and he opens the gate and he looks around he's like, where is everybody? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I guess they just didn't show up. And, uh, <laughs> and so it was just the five of us. And he's like, all right, well, I guess come in. And uh, he has us come in and we talk to the king. He's like, okay, well, I need you to go get this plant. Uh, there's this flower that grows in, uh, in this village. And uh, we need you to go and bring it back because we need to use it for my daughter's wedding. Uh, and she's she's getting married in like three weeks. So we need you to hurry up and go there and come back. We're like, all right, cool. So we head out. And uh, unbeknownst to anybody, I'm actually in love with the princess. Like, uh, this was part of my backstory that I set up before we started. And so, uh, yeah, she and I had uh, had some relations. And the king, being unhappy about that, but unable to kill me because of it, um, because she wouldn't let him, uh, he instead bribed me with a guild. So I had a one-person guild all to myself uh, in exchange for keeping my mouth shut that I had been with the princess. and so, so with that in mind, my group goes to this town, and it turns out that all these people are doppelgangers. They've all been transformed, and we're not sure why, but they're all freakishly happy. Like, oh, how's it going? Everything good? Okie dokie. And uh, we're like, all right, all right, this is too weird for us, so we're going we're gonna to look around. So we start snooping around, and as soon as we do, everybody we find out is like, hide mine. They can all see exactly what we're doing all at the same time. And uh, so... In order to escape, we end up in the inn, and I'm like, okay, well, I have, from Pathfinder, one of the rogue talents allows you uh, to learn 
uh, lesser magic. And so I took yeah. that to be able to take darkness. Um, and then there's another one that actually lets you be able to see in magical darkness. So I, I did that, I cast darkness, and then I had everybody grab onto my shoulder and I just led them through this inn where all these people were stumbling around trying to find us. And uh, we end up underneath it in this cave underground. And we find this bubbling spring of water where all these plants are growing. And we're like, hey, that's the flower we're looking for. So we pick it. Uh, as soon as we pick one flower, all the rest of them die. And we're like, well, that's weird. We still have this one, though, so we're okay. And uh, we go to leave, and all of a sudden, out from this little side room, all these people start stumbling in. And it's all of the original people from the town, or most of them. And uh, they're like, oh, my God, we fell asleep because of the plants, and, and we need to be saved, and so you need to take us back out. So we bring them back up out of the thing into the village, and all of the doppelgangers have died, just like the plants did. So the plants themselves were somehow keeping them alive. Uh, yeah. So we bring the flower back to the prince, or to the king, and tell him what happened. And I'm like, you really shouldn't give this to your daughter. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I just told you that because we didn't know if you were even going to survive the mission. So um, we actually wanted you to bring it back so we could it, it, so we can inspect it and find out what it was to make sure it wasn't going to make other people doppelgangers. So he pays us for it and tells us, you know, I'm going to make you guys my... Uh, what was it called? The something it starts with a C of protection squad. Basically, we were cops. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so he's like, I'm gonna send you on missions, and we need you to uh, we need you to lead them. And I was like, well, but I need to stay here because the princess is getting married. And he's like, oh, absolutely not. We are not <laughs> staying here. I'm sending you on this mission. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll go. So we, his next mission that he sends us to is this town where. Uh, all these people are worshiping chickens, and it Mike, turns out you approve, yeah. I imagine. Yes. yes. Well, and so so it turns Talk out the chicken and, god, he that is both the chicken and the egg. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, it's funny that you say that because they kind of chanted that too. Um, <laughs> but, so basically, what it was was there was this great hero that had come to the town many years ago, and he fought off all of these orcs that attacked the town and everything. And uh, before he could leave, he accidentally. Uh, got turned into a chicken, but they didn't know which one he was. So instead of trying to find out which one he was and smelling it, they just started worshipping all of the chickens. <laughs> How do I get in your niece's Pathfinder game? Right? This sounds <laughs> amazing. It's pretty legit. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's pretty good. Um, so we, we, we have to figure out what we're doing. So we get there and I'm like, alright, well we need to go and make sure uh, the goal of that particular mission was we need to go in and check this uh, guy's uh, house for like this item that the king was looking for uh, and we found out along the way that the guy actually had died in his house in his bed uh, but nobody would ever like the mayor and stuff wouldn't ever let anybody in there to find out about it so he just let them keep worshiping chickens paying money to the town to do it and uh, so we, we got out we fixed that with him and, and we went back to town um, I'm just trying to be brief here so that I'm not taking no, up too much time right. and uh so, so that was that mission. So we get back, and we get back just in time for the wedding. And before we left, I had snuck into the princess's quarters in the middle of the night and left a rose to let her know that I still knew what was going on and that I was Aww. still trying to find a way to be with her. Well, it turns out then that uh, she actually um, she actually called me to her room um, without anybody knowing, and I get there, and she's like, I'm running away, and you're going with me. And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, I'm, I'm running away, and you're going with me. I'm like, you're going to get me killed. 
And she's like, no, no, it's fine. We're, we're just going to go and we're going to disappear. And I was like, I, I, I really, let's let's think about this. And she's like, I could just kill the guards outside. I was like, no, 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 that's fine. I'll go with you. <laughs> she's blackmailing you and Bill open with her. Yes. And so, so she... She brings me. She she takes me out of the castle, and I convince her that we need to we need to hang low. If we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this my way. We're gonna do it right. So I bring her back to my base of operations, where my guild is technically at, and uh, I'm sitting there with her, talking, trying to talk some sense into her over the next couple of days, while the rest of the group is told by the king that they have to come after me because I kidnapped her. <laughs> and so they have they have no idea because I was just kind of sitting there that night, just hanging out for a little bit, watching them play. And they were like, "What the hell did Ed do?" And uh, so they finally find me in my in my building, and they get in there and they're like, "What did you do? Why'd you kidnap her?" I was like, "I've been trying to get her to go home." <laughs> and so we we think about it and we talk to uh, my wife. Actually, is playing the coolest character. Her name is Frida, and she is a an old old seal. She's been alive for like two hundred plus years, but she has an illusion that she went that she casts on herself every morning that allows her to look young. So she just looks like this really young, beautiful sea elf. Except that she talks like this every time, so you totally... <laughs> yeah, and like, it's just, it's, it's hilarious. But it turns out that she's actually like the head of this big, like, uh, bakery group that goes across the entire continent. And she has like, uh, all the money she could ever need, she just never uses any of it because she's old and she just wants to live with her a uh, little dead ferret that's her animal companion. Um, she's a witch, by the way, and her ferret is like a little construct thing, but it's totally dead. Like, anybody that she holds it up to, she's like, you want to see Wendell? And it's just this dead ferret hanging in her hand, and we're like, oh, hi, Wendell. Yeah. <laughs> so she she tells us, she's like, oh, I have an idea, and we're like, what's that? And she's like, well, you two want to get married. Uh, why don't we marry the guy that the princess wants to get married, or the princess is supposed to get married to? He can marry my niece. And we're like, well, I don't even know if that'll work. She's not royalty. And she's like, sure she is. I'm a duchess. She could be that. And she's like, and I, can, and I can make you a duke. And I was like, oh, my God. That means I would have titles. I would actually be nobility. And, like, we worked it all out over the course of the rest of that session that uh, Frida actually, because she's royalty with the sea elves, it turns out, we had no idea, uh, she made me a duke. So I was an honorary duke with the sea elves, which meant that I could marry the princess. And... Mm -hmm. So then her, her niece, who she kept telling us, you know, don't don't worry about it. She's not as pretty as most of the CLs, but I still And we go, and the only reason she said that is because her niece is actually orange instead of blue-green. And she's like just the prettiest orange elf ever. <laughs> yeah. And so, so we bring her back, and this guy that's supposed to marry the princess is like, uh, yeah, no, I'm okay with that. I'll totally marry her. <laughs> and so, so we end up doing a double wedding. That's and awesome. Like, yeah, right. And the king's feeling the whole time because he can't, he can't do anything now. Like he's like, oh god, you really are going to marry my daughter. And so, uh, so yeah, so we get married, and then uh, we have a couple more missions that we've done. Uh, I don't know how much more time I should take up, but uh, one of them. How old is your niece? I'm sorry. How old is your niece? Oh, she's 17. She'll be 18 okay. in December. All right. Um, Still, yeah, that's I, really I impressive. We need to wrap up this section relatively soon. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so just to a quick summary, the, the most recent one that we finished, the mission, was uh, we had this uh, party of fae across the eastern sea that we had to swim, that we had to sail across to meet up with because they were having parties that were killing people. And it turns out that they 
didn't realize that the people that were coming to their parties were getting so drunk that they died afterwards. Uh, because they're just having fun. They're fake. They can drink all they want. Have yeah, no yeah. problem. And so we had to work that out. But uh, that was the most recent one that we finished. So, yeah. That's but awesome. no, she's she's eighteen and uh, she started playing uh, probably about three and a half, four years ago actually. So cool. it's great to have another DM in the family. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, now we're going to talk about our favorite working projects. So uh, stuff that we are ourselves working on. <clears throat> so uh, uh, let's take the first part of this one. I'll go. I'll take it. Oh, no, go, Savannah. You do it. All right. Uh, so. I have been brainstorming for uh, Bloodlines and Black Magic, and so I am currently taking over the the Fey stuff right now, and I'm wanting to. Well, you know, <laughs> Jay already called dibs on like the closest thing to a Devil Bloodline, so you know. Yeah. Uh, but I was trying to think of the whole point is like, oh man, this kid gets kidnapped to you know the Fey realms, and you have to go get him back. And I'm trying to decide who they're going to get him back from. Uh, so we have the the boogeyman, who is definitely a Fey Lord. Uh, and I'm trying to think of a secondary Fey Lord. And so I decided that I was going to base this Fey Lord off of my fish. I don't know if anyone can actually see him from their vantage on the camera, but I have a beta fish over here. And nothing sums up Fey Lord like incredibly pretty asshole. Uh, <laughs> which is also how you describe beta fishes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was um, actually going to the pet store, and I'm actually modeling my beta's tank after, like, the, the ethereal thing. Um, he has ghost shrimp as his retinue. Uh, he's going to have lantern eyes as, like, his, his little servants and stuff. And I'm going to, like, base the whole theme off of this fey being fish-themed. Because I, I did not take up being a game designer to not make my fish a character. So is that a is that a module that you're doing, or is it like an actual supplement? Uh, uh, Bloodlines and Black Magic is filled with these sort of like episodic adventures. It's sort of an urban fantasy. Uh, reminds me a bit of uh, Old World Hunter. Okay. And so they deal with kind of like these urban legend things. First step or uh, first season of Supernatural stuff. Um, and the players are generally all connected to like a specific magical bloodline. And depending, that can interact with stuff. Cool. So yeah, his name's Hadrian. Uh, I've decided that he is a fae who used to live in the area of Britain where Hadrian's Wall was built, okay. and he was very grumpy because Hadrian's Wall was never meant to keep anything out. It's just meant to disrupt like traffic and like tax people going through your bridge or through your wall. Uh, so I figured that this Feylord once upon a time was really, really pissed that, like, you know, this wall had messed up his ley lines or something. He's like, so I stole the best thing I could. I stole his knee. <laughs> <laughs> Is your so, yeah. fish behind your tank, kind of? I keep seeing it's little, some yellow thing behind it. Uh, he's blue. Uh, the bird's yellow. That's what so I'm saying. I'm probably seeing bird. The bird. I keep seeing your bird behind your tank, I think. <laughs> that How is many probably... other exotic animals do you have hanging out there? Hmm. Uh, it's it's just me and Pelly and the fish and three goats. Chihuahua Gushin. and porcupine <laughs> and you know the the Xoloic squintly dog and all that good jazz. <laughs> I I want more betas, but betas are such assholes. Yep. Like you can't even put a lady beta in with a dude beta because they'll fight. Everyone will fight. Yeah. 
You put them next to each other, stress each other out until they die. That's good. Ugh. Yeah. It's exciting. So it's so, just uh, me and my Mike, prince fish. I heard you're, you're punching Nazis or something, or how's it going to do with that? Smashing the Nazis. <laughs> ah. There is a yes. difference. Uh, I saw some Twitter thing after the Charlottesville stuff that was like, hey, if you ever like, what would I do during the Civil Rights Movement or the Holocaust? Like, this is what you're doing now. That's what you do. So, um, I made Operation Nazi Smasher, which was a uh, World War II era module set in the Hypercore 2099 universe. And uh, all the proceeds from it go to charity. Uh, we're thinking SPLC, and then I don't know where else. Uh, that's somebody else's problem. But uh, all the stuff that you all, including Scott, are supposed to write um, needs to be turned in tonight. And then if not, I'm going to write the rest of it. And I've already written, I don't know, like half of it. I'm, and I'm I made all the wonderful uh, Nazi propaganda for that. Yes, so you are the propaganda. So I can put together like really pulpy, terrible like Nazi propaganda. Yeah, I, there's a brainwashing room where they like do a, a clockwork orange kind of thing. Yep. You know, and then they have a bunch of sedated guys, and then there's another brainwashing room where they surgically implant stuff. So those That's are exciting. there. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. It's cool. Like, you, so it starts. They uh, you like airdrop out of a. Uh, plane onto this outpost that you have to take out quickly in order for like the infantry reinforcements behind you so they're not detected and they can approach the castle. And then you actually storm the castle and you have like two minutes to get to the communications room before they can confirm and get the artillery to like reposition and fire on the castle. Because like the lady running it is just like, oh, bomb the shit out of everything up top. Anyone who's not under the underground, it doesn't matter enough to live anyway. So, um, and after that, like, they have to clear the rooms. The infantry comes in and gets everybody that's straggling. Then they get down into the first level, and they uh, are uh, met by, like, this crazy fucking cannon uh, down a 200-foot hallway that they have to get. And then uh, there's a bunch of, like, rooms with uh, cult research and, and, and uh, dead bodies and uh, an undead factory. There's a factory for making Nazi zombies and Nazi skeletons. And then down another level... There is a factory for making worse shit, and her offices, and then the actual, like, big bad evil thing of the module. Yeah. Very cool. It's cool. Um, to it. Order of the Ember Die is doing a playthrough of it, which I'm super fucking Ooh. excited about. Uh, John Wick might write the um, forward. I got to follow up on an email with him. And then um, uh, Claudio Poses is doing the cover. And yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the people who jumped up, is, is, it's like, yeah. I'm very excited about it, obviously. Uh, but yeah, after this, around midnight, uh, whatever's not done, I'm just going to start piling through it, get it to playtesters. Should be out uh, for folks to, to buy and support good causes, good anti-hatred causes, hmm. um, around the middle of October. Cool. Sadly, I won't be able to take part in um, the Order of the Ember Dies Nazi smashing because I have uh, responsibilities at uh, Geek Girl Con here in Seattle, but I do hope that they smash extra Nazis with me in mind. Yeah. Should be pretty dope. Should be pretty dope. We're, we're making uh, pawns, so they have, uh, like, a, the, the pre-gens all have, like, little pawns that they can use. Their ah, that's exciting. Are you going to do... Um, Oh, I feel like you should do something Starfinder flavored with Nazis on the moon next time. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Nazis um, in space. I also <laughs> started a project like after Gen Con because I was like, I really want to write a escape from the hypermax prison scenario. 
So like I got through to some of the maps and all the outline and stuff for um I think I think we're just gonna call it Escape Cleveland twenty ninety nine. I love it. And that one will be Starfinder compatible, uh, and we need to update the hyperspaces. That should be pretty simple. Ooh, I like it. So um I have uh, something I played I'm working on. Uh, you guys don't know we just released um, Alien Party, Party Bus, Bus, which is just it, it, yeah, if you guys liked our Gonzo stuff, you're gonna love this. It's very much a like. Uh... I had a question about this because yeah, when sure. you were talking about it, I got the impression it was gonna be like way more than 20 pages. So did you decide to cut down at some point or what? what uh, yeah, we actually had three submissions. We had to cut because it didn't make it. Mm. Uh, originally, it was each. Well, remember. In Starfinder, race entries are like two pages. They're like there's the stat page, and then there's the fluff page, and then there's the du- then they're done. Mm-hmm. So we actually went to three on a few of them, but most of them are two. And we included, I think, like four or 18? five races, six races. Okay. But we, we cut down a few out of them because um, one of our developers didn't finish up what he had to do. So we were like, and save so it for we, next time. Yeah, we, we do have a bunch more we want to write. We have like 200 plus pages of art or pieces of artwork we can write. We just wanted to see how Starfinder, the reaction would be. Guys, Starfinder, put a, put a Starfinder product. Your bank account will thank you, um, if, if nothing else. Um, that's why I'm working on that. But anyway, the thing I'm working on now is uh, Alternate Path Prestige. I love Prestige classes. I have like, I'm like a giddy kid in a school, like a, like a candy store with Prestige classes. They should be flavorful and fun, and they can give you the weird stuff where you find an adventure, like the ancient order of the Jedi or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you can enter, like, that group and, like, just have that weird thing you do. I think I fell in love with it when I played the Knight of the Raven. I know it sounds really weird, but I loved it in Castle Ravenloft. Um, But they never really came to fruition in Pathfinder because it kind of got swallowed up by a lot of other mechanics. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And they kind of end up gimping you. What was that? Archetypes in particular. Archetypes and uh, hybrids and everything else kind of yeah. swallowed up a lot. And like the fact that multi-classing is less punished in Pathfinder than 3.5 helps, I think. Uh, by the way, it gets punished in Starfinder. We'll talk about that at some point, I'm sure, but yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, anyway, so we're kind of reinvigorating prestige classes. They should be a, like, a, like all the requirements in them are all mostly role-playing requirements. Um, and they're all very flavorful. Um, a lot of them are only five levels, um, but we have work in something called Groundworks, which are these things which you can take as feats technically, but it's like, count your levels in one prestige class as levels in this for this purpose. So if you want to continue your like BAB progression from your fighter, guess what? You can, even though you're a spellcaster now. Or continue your sneak attack progression or whatever, and you get one or two of them as you level up. And a lot of the prestige class stuff works on character level and has a variable... Uh, ability score, more, skill, excuse me, ability score stuff. So it's like, use it. Basically, it's like pick your favorite physical score. Use that. You know, mostly it's that with a <laughs> score. But it's like, hey, we're not going to hose you because you decided to have wisdom and this requires intelligence. It straight up just says go play with it. We also have a a weird class that's meant to be taken as a like pre your main class one. If that makes any sense, like a normally you take okay. a few levels in something then a prestige. If this is Take levels in this, then your base class, because it counts as levels in those classes for class features. It's called the Dragon Scout. You're totally not a Boy Scout. You don't get merit badges. Um, but it's, it's totally like the... You, it, it allows you to enter any prestige classes, kind of the idea with it. It's like, meet your requirements. Here you go. And it talks about new ways of addressing, like, 
here's how you would address a existing requirement, but you want to circumvent it. Here's a reasonable way of doing that. Um, we talk about some like gestalt rules. We talk about new ways for character advancement to go through with prestiges. Um, we talk about some other really weird class-related stuff. Um, we we kind of like that idea. We're kind of taking a new direction. Um, it's our next alt path book. We're coming out with alt path, fight smarter, which is alt path marshal two fight smarter this weekend. I think um, it's all done except for one thing. But otherwise, yeah, alt path prestige. We were working on it last week. Um, got some really cool things in there. Um, really happy to see how it goes. There's a class that ends up you end up with a hundred functional limbs at one point. Um, <laughs> But it works. We actually play tested and we're like, oh shit, it works. Nice. Because of these things called prestige abilities. You know, like you normally like, hey, look, I took this five level prestige class. Well, now I don't get my capstone, you know. Um, there are things called prestige abilities that trigger as long as you are this level has a requirement of both that level prestige and that level character level. So the prestiges are like, hey, and it doesn't matter if you're, you're still the class. It's like at 20th level, you get this capstone. Yeah. 20th character level you get this capstone, not 20th prestige level. You have to be at least, you know, 10th or all five levels and you get the 10th level here. It's like, okay, cool. You know, you don't get it till way later on, which is kind of fun. Um, so it kind of takes the piss out of, the sting out of losing all your abilities. Um, they have some oomph to them. Um, they're a little strong. So you might be tongue them down a little bit. But God, someone was pointing out that you could have a god hand, that like thing that gets like the giant death arm with it. Um, they have this ability that makes all their limbs that giant death arm, and uh, you could <laughs> that do that is with a hundred. Maybe too many giant death arms. And it was like you're a twentieth level character, dude. At that point, go fucking nuts, shiver the world, man. Just get all the arms of the destroyer and just kill everything. I'm down with it. It'll be great. But yeah, that's that's a. Uh, make sure we weren't uh, stopping recording. There. That's what we got in the works. Um, I'm pretty pumped about that. We're gonna, I'm working on my hard sci-fi stuff um, for Starfinder. That's gonna be freaking awesome. Um, yeah, that's pretty much where we are right now. Kevin, what do you got in the chamber Ooh. here? Uh, well, uh, currently I am working on, uh, we're trying to finish laying out our player's advantage fighter for Samurai Sheepdog. Mm -hmm. uh, the player's advantage line is something that Hal <coughs> uh, Greenberg and Charles Clemens started uh, back when they were still Mystic Eye Games. And uh, so far we've got the Rogue, the Monk, and the Barbarian. Uh, for various different editions, whether it be 3rd edition or 5th edition. And the mm -hmm. uh, fighter is finally going to be Pathfinder compatible, uh, which cool. I plan to eventually put each of them as that. Um, fighter is going to be great. Charles has a lot of really cool stuff that he's putting together in it. Um, we've got like uh, fighter fighter variants that take other concepts from different classes. Like uh, there's, one, uh, there's one fighter that just takes uh, monk unarmed damage instead of his like weapon bonuses and his defense bonuses and stuff um and he just he just beats people to death in his armor and uh there's uh, there you go and how does that compare to like the brawler kind of that type of stuff uh, so it doesn't it doesn't actually lose the armor um okay. you keep you keep all the regular fighter stuff and it's basically an archetype that takes out uh weapon uh weapon bonuses and armor bonuses the ones that you get at like fifth level third level and stuff and uh, those trade out for like unarmed damage, and then there's a couple of other abilities that I'm forgetting right now. But uh, I know that when we were playtesting them, they, they work out. It's actually uh, it's actually pretty fun. Um, you're basically just a guy walking around in armor beating people with it. 
Um, and then there's uh, there's like a mariner. So he, he has a giant harpoon that he fights people with and stuff. Um, so a bunch of others that are really good. Uh, working on that, almost done with it. And I am working on my September update for the Book of Many Things. Uh, currently, um, so the Book of Many Things, just as a quick summary, um, is a book that I started putting together in July. And I have published it now uh, for Samurai Sheepdog <laughs> for Pathfinder. And what it is, is it's a compilation of requests from people around the, around the internet. So I went to many different websites, including Facebook, and basically said, hey, is there something in, in Pathfinder that you've always wanted that you didn't get or haven't seen it? And give me a chance to put it together. We'll look it over. And if you like it, we'll put it in this book. And so I got, uh, so far, I'm at 85 pages and climbing uh, with this new update. Um, but there's things in there like uh, we have a speedster like the Flash, and there's uh, there's a class that we call the Air Appearance, and basically normally your adventures that you have um, adventurers start out as these murder hobos. They don't really have anything. They don't really have any money. They just kind of go around. They do good deeds to try to save people. This guy has money. He's just adventuring because adventuring sounds fun. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of his archetypes is basically it's called the Orbit Hero. And it's essentially Batman. Mm. Um, somebody wanted that. Uh, it takes the the same concept of you get all this money that you're working with over the course of your 20 levels, but you're an orphan. Your parents died in some horrible tragedy, so now you're being a hero because you want to honor them. And uh, he also has another archetype called the Intrepid Sidekick that uh, is basically uh, you get all of your stuff that the uh, heir would usually pay for with his money is actually given to you by your mentor, who is a full-class person. Uh, that is actually teaching you how to fight. So a lot of your abilities are like hand-me-down abilities and stuff. Like you get you get sneak attack, but you only get sneak attack in certain circumstances and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the, the book also includes a bunch of uh, races, uh, feats, uh, things of that nature that people have asked for. Uh, and the September update so far is going really well. Uh, I Somebody asked for, we wanted to do a class that was basically Mega Man. And I was like, all right, well, how would this work? So... What I did was I put it together, it's called the Battle Auger. And uh, the way the Battle Auger works is um, he gets an ability at first level that when he observes somebody using some uh, supernatural spell-like or extraordinary ability, he basically can learn that ability um, that he then casts as a spell. So he uses his spell slots in order to mimic these abilities. Like if he watches a, a dragon tail sweep something, uh, then later on, he can use one of his spell slots in order to also tail sweep it. Um, and he basically summons this giant floating tail. But, uh, yeah, and so it's uh, it's balanced around the fact that he uses his spells in order to uh, mimic these abilities. And so then once he's out of spells, he runs out of everything. Um, he just basically then, he gets a couple of things like studied strike and stuff like that that helps him to build the flavor of the class being somebody who observes combat and takes it to their advantage. Cool. Yeah. And by the way, Twitch is still down today. That's not good. Um, so following that section, we got the uh, favorite project that's not yours. Um, and yes, I will do this so Mike can uh, timestamp yes. that pretty good. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to let you guys know right now, I got nothing today that I'm like must talk about. And um, Savannah, you got anything today? Not today. Nothing that isn't a Kickstarter. Let's say, yeah, 
guys, one of the things is we like to save these spots for things that we're like, oh my god, have you seen? You know, but Mike, you generally got something for this. I always do because there's always <laughs> something that you should see. Um, in this case, it is systems malfunction, which I believe they are just now finishing the prints for, so it should be available by the time that uh, this goes on on YouTube. It's a uh, from N Transmission Games, and they have this thing called the Singularity System, which is like a like super. Uh, I don't. I, I wouldn't do it justice. It's. it's uh, I like to think of it as really simple, simple, simple Shadowrun without massive dice pools. Uh. Um, yeah, it's handy, and it's for space adventure stuff. And they've had it out for a while, and so Systems Malfunction is their like campaign setting kind of deal for it. And uh, the layout that. Michaela does is awesome. They did this book called Psionics, and she fucking color coded it, guys. She color coded uh, it, and it didn't look tacky or bad. Nice. I know That's it's magic. so hard to do, and I was like, "So would this take you like two months?" And she's like, "Yeah, for about two months." Three months. Because, and but like, yeah, ah, uh, ah, uh, the so well, yeah, and 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 systems malfunction is similarly wonderfully laid out, and uh, Devin writes some cool stuff. So check out in transmission games and systems malfunction. <laughs> And uh, now we will talk about Pathfinder and Starfinder news Wait, and speculation. Kevin, you got anything for uh, that you want to talk about? Uh, actually, yeah. If you don't mind, I wanted to uh, jump in. I just thought of one. I didn't have one at first, but then I was thinking about it. Oh, uh, you got one? Yeah. While we were at Gen Con this year, uh, we did an escape room. And in the escape room building was this gentleman with a, with a game that he had created. And the game is called The Contender. And apparently Contender. this game... Yes, The Contender. And it's actually a card game in the same in the same vein of uh, Cards Against Humanity or Apples to Apples. Uh, what you're playing is basically you have your group of people, and one person is the questioner, and they ask this political question of you, and everybody else is the presidential candidate who's trying to uh, basically go on debate about what they're going to do. And so uh, they debate, basically, you ask them the question like, uh, oh, well, there's the... Uh, job inequality, you know, women's rights aren't being represented, how are you going to fix that? And uh, you have a hand of five cards that you pick one out of, uh, anywhere from one to three cards. And uh, you basically read the card, you can read out, there's red text up at the top that basically gives you shorthand for what it says. And that's all you get to say, you don't get to really say anything else. Uh, but they have funny cards in there, like uh, one of them is like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, you just basically lay these cards down in a, in a circle around trying to debate each other on who has the better option for this political question. Um, okay. Yeah, so what's, what's really cool about it is, so my 10-year-old uh, actually got really into this game. We brought it home, and we opened it up, and we started playing. We're going around the table, and we're laying down and asking these questions. And he's like, well, this card says I'm Batman. And we looked, and each of the cards has an attribute at the bottom of it that tells you exactly what the quote came from, from a real-life political candidate. Uh, for example, that card actually was a quote from Donald Trump during his presidential campaign, where he came out and said, I'm Batman. That's yeah. beautiful. Yep. And so they have, they have historical cards from, like, Andrew Jackson and Thomas Jefferson, all these guys that have ever been president and stuff. Uh, they have some of them that are not safe for work. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Let's say, the, the, some of the presidents said some nasty, nasty shit about each other. Yep. Uh, yeah. Mike's thing is not new. I promise yeah. you that. <laughs> uh, well, one of the better ones was uh, Andrew Jackson had a quote, and he basically said, uh, 
the quote itself was something about pulling the man's uh, anterior from his posterior. And uh, the card in red that you actually read whenever you were debating was pull your head out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, so it's a, it's a really fun game. And anybody who wants to check it out, it's, uh, again, it's called The Contender. And uh, it was on Kickstarter a few months back. Apparently they, they funded well because he's there at Gen Con and uh, promoting the game. He bought a copy of it. It is at uh, thecontender.us. There you go. Yeah. That is an excellent suggestion. Thank you, Kevin. That is that is do like him, guys. Hmm. <laughs> All right. I see how it is. <laughs> Always with you. So mm-hmm. uh now uh, how doing, else would you know I was here, Mike? Now we're doing Pathfinder and Starfinder. You know, uh, we're going to talk about this later, but I actually brought you up at one of the things at Gen Con. Um, Pathfinder, Starfinder, News and Speculation. Uh, so uh, I've only gotten to read up until like the very beginning of Themes. Like, yeah. I, Ace Pilot, I think, is where I had to stop because uh, my world blew up. Um, yeah. But I they sold out of Gen Con that. on Thursday afternoon, and they brought like more of that book than they'd ever brought of any book. Uh, it was like what four o'clock in the afternoon by the time. Yeah, it, it literally sold out yeah. in like the first like four or five hours at both locations. They even hid one off to the side, like outside the main hall, so yeah. people would have to split to go to them. And they sold it in both like day freaking one, wasn't it? Something like that. I yeah. had a friend there who was texting me. He's like, "I'm in line. I got it." I'm like, "I got the script, subscription PDF. I'm sitting here reading it." Yeah, right. I got mine in the middle of the day before. <laughs> but yeah. um... I got to read a bunch of it. Uh, I'm most of the way through. I've read all the important sections. I haven't read through like all the gear and like uh, some of the, the starship well, stuff. I read through, but yeah, we'll go over that in detail when uh, Mike and Savannah have kind of both read through it. But uh, Owen put together it. a really awesome quick reference sheet for the difference between, between Pathfinder and Starfinder, and it's just one page. Um, it is on the Paizo blog. It's called the Starfinder Cheat Sheet, and I'm sure that there's way more intricacies, and I look yeah. forward to finding them. But like this was as soon as I read it, I was like, "Oh, okay, all right." I could pretty much sit down and like play a character in this. So more or less, I like it, that it, it, was... it sums it up pretty well. Yeah, ships are uh, an entirely different animal and are not it's... reflected on there. So I'm looking forward to reading the ships. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting to get to that part myself. So building them is like a freaking college course. Not really. It's not that bad. If if you're a designer, you know how to do it. But like a, a, like a, a like a layman reading it is just like. And they start with that, but if you just kind of like skip past that to the, if you like get the definitions of the terms and then jump to the like, here are the examples. It makes a lot more sense. But like and like running them, there's a lot to keep in like working memory. But you have what like five players at a table keeping it in working memory, so it's not that bad. But it's still kind of a weird kind of. One hand wasn't talking to the other. For example, like no. See, I'm I'm thinking that some of that was a little bit intentional because they want you to like being in the ship, but they don't want you to focus on the ship too much. Well, no, no. no. Here's, here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Like a design paradigm thing. For example, player characters they removed the stat or the ability score bonuses and penalties from size categories, and the ship that's a major component. And there's this weird stuff like that where it's like one hand not talking to this hand really. There's they're not talking speaking terms. And there's a bunch of those little like incongruities that I'm like, that maybe wasn't the best thing. But overall, I really enjoy it. Ah, oh, no, I gotta read it. What the fuck am I gonna read it? I know, right? I'll be reading the ship Nazi Smasher stuff tonight. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll go over that a bit more in a week or so, whenever Mike and Savannah get a chance to read it. Um, Mike, do we want to talk about Five E at all? 
Um, well, there was some news in 5e. Uh, okay, go for it. I'm here. Yes, 5e <laughs> news and speculation. <laughs> um, so Frank Mentor uh, announced uh, before Gen Con that he has a note from Gary Gygax that gives him publishing rights to uh, Imperia, which is on the continent of Aquaria, uh, which is on the same planet as uh, Earth, which is the same planet, like, with a U. Same planet as Greyhawk. Cool. And uh, the internet exploded pretty good. Uh, his timing was, was pretty pretty sharp. I'm and, sure he uh, delayed yeah. that for a second. He did, he did. Uh, I, I got to talk to him a little bit at Gen Con, and he said that he was timing it for all like the European people, because he... Uh, the red box was the first thing that got translated out of English. So for most people who got a D&D that weren't here in America or Britain, like that was their introduction to D&D. Mm. So uh, yeah, he's got a lot of a lot of international fans, I oh, guess. Cool. Yeah. So there should be a so, Kickstarter um, for that come along sometime uh, sometime before 2018, I think. So um, just not really news, but kind of an interesting note. So Mike, you know how we've uh, looked over the Unearthed Arcana a few times and kind of been like. Ooh, why, why, why? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my friend Coleman is—he's a new GM. He's been playing for a bit, kind of like your niece, like first time GMing. Um, and he was in his, in his notes he, to us. He was like, "Yeah, you can use anything from Unearthed Arcana." I'm like, "No, no, wait, wait, wait. Put, a, put, a, put an asterisk on that with approval because I no, please, God, don't, yeah. don't." I'm like, I, oh. I, "I've been reading that. Please don't do that." Are you playing a Steam Forge? But you yeah. know, it's not that bad. Like, use your better discretion. It's still playtest material, so. Yeah, I'm playing a Shadow Sorcerer. That's from Earth again. Honestly, it doesn't even come up that much. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, other RPG news. Uh, well, you have this stuff about Reaper. Oh yeah, other RPG news. Yeah. <laughs> Reaper so, Major Operations. Yeah. Director so Shiko. there was a big kerfluffle about a week back or so. I love that word kerfluffle. Um. <laughs> Where one of the what was his position? He was the uh, operations director of Reaper Miniatures. Started going on like a pro-Nazi rant, kind of like not a pro-Nazi rant, but you know that one that you know that kind of like that language that really walks that line, kind of like. And he did not do himself any favors. People like to screenshot it and put it on um, like Imager and stuff, and they were just like. Really, guys, are you going to support this? And parts of the community just exploded. Yo. It was freaking nuts. And um, I, I will read the update from the CEO of Reaper Miniatures. Um, originally, they just said we're investigating, and then they put out something on their on their Facebook that says, "Is so." I want to feel like saying that I have to give you guys the full story. I'm looking at my other screen, so please pardon my uh, not looking at the camera here has come to our attention that one of our employees became involved in a series of controversial posts on social media. We are deeply embarrassed that our community name, uh, our company name, sorry, has been associated with these statements. Reaper's cultural values, or culture values diversity and equality, and we do not support, condone, or agree in any way with the views of the employee expressed in that discussion. We are reviewing the matter and taking the appropriate actions. Best wishes, Ed Purge? Is it Purge? Purge? Pew, I think. Anyway, um, so they, they kind of were like, that doesn't represent us. Um, we're looking into it. Um, as of my last look into it, like that was only a, that was a week ago, to be fair, a day or two afterwards, he hadn't been, like, fired or anything. 
Um, I'm sure there was. I was wondering what appropriate action was going to be. Normally, that's firing. Well, so uh, normally, about, yes, but from, a, from, a, from an MBA perspective, you have to look at your liabilities to go. Did he violate anything? Because if he violated, right. like, if they have a social media contract or whatever, saying don't be a dick on social media. Um, you think they'd have some kind of cultural and yeah, like if they, diversity? If he, if he has that and they can fire him over that, that's fine. Otherwise, it's a big lawsuit because discrimination yeah. based on political view. So they may not be. It may be one of those things where it's like we can't fire you over this, but you're now the fucking janitor, or you know what I mean, like or mm-hmm. like any excuse we can have to fire you, we will take it. You know, like yeah, yeah. So it, it may not. They may not legally be able to do anything about it, but they sure as hell don't have to embrace him. And he even said. The guy said in some of his posts, he's like, look, don't associate with this brand. It's just where I work. And I'm like, it's kind of impossible to separate those two, especially when you're like... Well, and I feel like he referenced that directly. Like, yeah, you may not like me, but I am totally designing these miniatures. Like, yeah, throw that out there, pal. That'll be great kindling. Um, And by the way, it was right after, like, Charlottesville and all that stuff. And it was just like... Bad timing. It's like you pr- in the middle of one of their Kickstarters, and it's like, oh come on, dude! And their Kickstarter literally went like this and dropped for a bit. Yeah. Um, I think they're doing okay now. I haven't checked on them, but yeah, it was it was a bit of a kerfluffle. Um, the other one, uh, this is just kind of a weird community thing. Actually, yeah, that was weird. Um, another thing is, like I said, another weird community thing was. So in one of the Pathfinder groups, I think it was like Pathfinder RPG or one of those Facebook groups. I think it was just Starfinder. I think it was what? just a Starfinder group. Was it? I, I don't remember Lisa. which one it was. But anyway, um, Owen posts up his big book that's number one on uh, the, the Starfinder Companion or whatever. Starfarer's Companion. Starfarer's, because they can't use Finder on the cover. It covers um, a, a lot of the stuff that they didn't convert over yeah. in the Starfinder book. So it's, if you want to play a Paladin or a Magus or whatever. Yeah. Not the Druid. Um, not the druid, uh, not the monk, which was a disappointment for me. But anyway, from what I hear, it's a good book. I haven't read oh, it anything. is. Wonderful. Um, so Quite anyway, big, too. He, um, he put out the book, and he, um, this guy was like, oh, 20 bucks for a book. I won't pay for that. If I want it, I'll steal it. Or I'll, I'll, I'll go <laughs> which is it. a really ballsy thing to say to the person who published yeah, it. And, yeah. and everyone in the thread's like, are you serious here? And, like, if the guy was like, look, I'm sorry, I'm just being dumb, don't worry about it, or remove his post or something. No, the guy vigorously defended and trolled everyone in that thread for, like, a good two days. And then the admin just banned him. Um, but he was also taking, like, he also went to, like, every other thread he could find. Like, one in, like, one of it was David Silver's Pony Finder. He posted up something, and he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe people. He just goes on this rant against him. I'm like, dude, and I actually posted, I'm like, dude, not my cup of tea, but you know what? Yeah, people like it. About this. We're all yeah. nerds here. Like, say, there's definitely really cool stuff in there. Yeah, I'm gonna like, say it's not my thing, but you know what? I know people who freaking love it. And I've seen good yeah. reviews about it. People on the show have even come over and said it's good. And you know what? I do weird things too that people may not be down with. You know, I go to live yeah, action games. You. Yeah, everyone has weird things they do, man. And you know what? It's not so weird. No one's average. I'm <laughs> making a Nazi smashing module. A prison break module, and also a book that starts off with you killing two teenagers that you abduct from high school. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want, you know? <laughs> I want more of that. <laughs> the poor uh, golden twins. The poor golden twins. Um, 
So that, that's all I can I think mean, of. I mean, to be fair, they're teenagers, so. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. They everybody was like, don't teenagers. kill children. It's like, oh, teenagers, yeah, whatever. Nobody has a problem. <laughs> yeah. It, it was much better than the alternative. Um, so does that kind of wrap Not up our community enough. stuff there? Um, uh, now would be the time to talk about Gen Con, I would think, which was, was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, um, go, go for it, man. Yeah, sorry you didn't get to go, Scott. I didn't um, get to go this year. I'll be go I also missed out on a trip I'm missing out this weekend on. Man, I'm starting a new job. It kills me that I can't do like all these things I want to do. But So, Mike, Savannah, Savannah, you go? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so both of you guys, what was awesome? What did we miss? Come on. And, Kevin, you went too, right? Yes, sir. God, so I'm the only one who's out of loop here. All right, go for it, guys. There's a Bob Ross uh, guy rolling around with some, like, the Art of Chill game, I think it was called. Yeah, it was on uh, my uh, hotel's key cards. Was come chill with us at booth, blah blah blah. I'm surprised so he got was... away with that because like they they specifically are like you're not allowed to hand build, but I guess he wasn't hand building. He was just walking around being funny and engaging right. people, and so that's I mean I don't know. I'm glad yeah, he got away with like... it. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, it would suck if everybody was hand building, but like if you're yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. go and like make a costume and stuff, like I did, I got away with hand building for a little bit. Then they're all like, wait a minute. I was like, aha, serious, I work for a corporation. Uh, yeah. Like, no, no more of that. I was like, ah. <laughs> but if everybody was handing out flyers, it would, it would suck. It would suck. Yeah. yeah. Like Vegas, man, with all them, them like, card-flapping girls. Yeah. Street walkers. It was super crowded in the dealer's room. Normally, I get through that thing like a fucking salmon in a stream, but no fucking way, it sucked. There were so many traffic jams. Oh, uh, it was definitely awesome. Uh, I was in a fantastic Call of Cthulhu game. Uh, the character I played in which I will discuss next week because he was fantastic. Um, and of course, devastatingly attractive. Always. Dumb as box rocks, but devastatingly attractive. Um... <laughs> Let's see. The dealer hall was really awesome, uh, but I feel like there were also a lot more repeats than I remember last year. Like, Chessex had three booths, and several other places had, like, three booths. Uh, yeah, a lot of booths. stuff with the Paizo. Paizo shared their, like, big booth with, like, three people, right? Yeah, and they, Paizo also had a, a secondary store set up in the Sagamore, which was yeah. interesting. Well, they um, well, I didn't... What's that? Sorry, they announced that beforehand a few times, like all over their Facebook. Yeah. Like, we're doing this over here, so I think they just didn't want to have like everyone like in a four-hour line at their booth, so instead they'd just be in two two-hour lines, you know? Everybody's right, well, and also it keeps people in the Sagamore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think uh, they got a Guinness person this year. I wish they would have, like, a world record people, because, like, I'm sure they would have broken the world record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Let me see. I didn't get to actually experience as much of the con as I would have liked uh, due to my kidneys. Um, oh gosh, what were their names? Bernard and Moriarty. Are they still there? Or? Oh, they're definitely still there. I don't have a uh, urology appointment until Thanksgiving. Holy moly. What else would you be thankful for? Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring them hard. to Thanksgiving dinner. It'll be great. You're going to be like, we can't do anything about this. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah, you watch. You watch. I'm I'm going to my PCP at the end of the week. Hopefully, they can bump me up. But I've been talking nonstop about my kidneys for like five months. So take it away, Mike, Kevin. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So this year at the con uh, was we we always try to do something different. Uh, this year we did crafts, and so we got to make things like uh, dice towers. I made a TARDIS dice tower. That was fun. 
uh, and then we made like little tiny books. Like we actually cut down, cut the paper and like made them with leather and bound them and stuff. Uh, and then we made uh, parchment rolls that we did, uh, like pirate leather stuff. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. It was really fun. Uh, we did uh, some, uh, what's it called, resin. We did resin jewelry with this uh, crafty chica is her name. She's on Facebook. And uh, she was really cool. She was like my favorite one all uh, the whole time that we were there. And uh, the resin jewelry was awesome. It came out like uh, she. we had a bunch of stuff like Edgar Allan Poe, like ravens skulls and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Yes, you do. So uh, crafting was a lot of fun this year. It's actually it's not usually something I do. Uh, I'm more, I can write, I can lay out, but crafting and drawing just isn't my thing. Uh, but we did it, and it was a lot of fun. Well, I didn't know I was going to go until like a month beforehand. So, okay, last uh, week I was going to go till like a week beforehand. That was good. Yeah. Well, I, back and forth. I was working for people, so I was, I was boothing a lot of the time. Uh, I did go to uh, the the women in RPG seminar, and I mm -hmm. asked them about like how to because like when we do design meetings, a lot of times, like it's ridiculous because I'm trying to be cool about it, and I know other Mike is Canadian, so he's always cool about fucking everything. And then Luis is the one who's always on top of the ethnic stuff, so like we are we try not to be chauvinist but like definitely talk over savannah and it pisses me off and yeah i know that's why i was saying i talked about you earlier because like i was like hey guys how can i get around <laughs> this because it's killing right. me and uh they yeah they gave me some tips so i got to talk to them and, and, and basically uh just just like remind them before we do the meetings is you, the you best what, thing i can do on, on that topic you know what really kills me we have this good designer her name is kayla kayla if you ever watched us i'm like kayla come <laughs> work keep making stuff for us she she doesn't show up to any of the meetings and doesn't like communicate and she'll disappear for like a month or two at a time. But when she's on, she's awesome and she's amazing. But then she disappears and I'm like, Kayla, come back. We want your wonderfulness. And I'm like, we, we can bring her back. We want more. We want more women writers in this industry. We want more non-binary. We want more not old white dudes writing in this industry. Come on, God. Come on, help us out here. We're try I'm trying to throw money at of people. old white dudes getting jobs in this industry, I wrote down the wrong fucking time for the Ulysses Spiel seminar, and I showed up, like, ten minutes after it was over. And then the oh. guy that I was trying to get a hold of, like, literally got on a plane and went to Germany. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> so, like, it's cool, it's cool. We're, we're in contact, I'm on the freelancer list for the Warhammer uh, Wrath and Glory stuff, so it's all good, but, like, yeah. <laughs> Bad timing. So, yeah, I know. It was just terrible. And then um, I got to be on three panels, which was cool. Oh, cool. Uh, what did we do? We did non-combat encounters, uh, which was fun because John Kennedy was in that. He's a friend of mine. Uh, we had him on the show a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And um, Andreas Walters, who was the guy who needed people for the panel. And then Kickstart Your RPGs, uh, which was fun. Uh, I, I bring a lot of levity with me because I'm very laid back. So you never, uh, never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Like a, I'm like always like leaning back in the chair like this, playing with my feet and shit. Smoking up, you're good, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we did uh, alignment in RPGs, which was great because there was this like I think it's been like 17 or 16 year old, and he had taken over the D and D group of a school, and there was this mm. basically a sociopath that refused to do anything but chaotic evil. It was a serious problem for him. So I think we we helped that kid. And you know, I gave my card. I was like, if you have any other questions, you know, let me know. But like. Don't be afraid to punish this motherfucker for being chaotic evil. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, it, it is more, it is within, as defined by the system, morally reprehensible actions. 
Society yeah, like, in general does not appreciate that. Consequences, man. Consequences. Maybe yeah. hell takes an interest, you know? Like, yeah. Edgelords. So, that was cool. What do you do about them? Indeed. Oh, that's what I, that was my other big thing at Gen what, Con. You're an I got to playtest spiders and souffles. <laughs> which was very enjoyable. Uh, got to do all sorts of cooking-related recipe things. Uh, got to do my gangsta accent. Savannah, by the uh, way, something you said must have triggered something in my brain during that 5th Ed game. We have four Outlanders in our group, and their ability is you can find food for five people every day, and we're walking through the jungle, and there's the druid in our group likes to eat spiders. Long story. So... I go ahead and I'm just I'm just sitting there like this. I'm just like, you guys know what I got? And I pull it up. I'm like, it's a spider muffin. So, <laughs> so we paid for our horses barding and like where it was staying while we're exploring with the food we had acquired over four days. It's like 20, there's like two people in the stable. So we had like 20 days worth of food for them. And they're like, cool. That's what we're going to spend our okay. money on anyway. And I'm like, come here, lad. And I bring up this son. I'm like, I got some for you. It's a spider muffin, and, she, and he's just like, "Oh my god, thank you!" And he eats it; it's crunchy, the legs sticking out, and we're like, <laughs> "I'm glad you like it." <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, they ended up. Good. They ended up using the uh, the liquid that becomes spider silk. They were specially bred milking spiders. Uh, they used the spider milk as a base for a uh, ice cream. I love it. Oh, that's great. Fantastic. That's dope. Yeah. And uh, I expected five people. I ended up with seven. And that was more PCs than I had made. So the extra person played a level one commoner, also known as the Drunken Fisherman. Love and it. And used his profession, Fisherman, to do very weird things. Uh, like he grappled a gremlin with his, his line and pulled it off of the bard. And it was good. I love it. It's dope. Yep. The only games I got to play them were the Munchausen game, is that... But it's like that every year. Yeah, such as I, I, I would have been like Mike. Did you uh, did you film it? But I don't think you need to film that one. No, that, that no, is one you do no. not film. Not to be filmed. No. Um, I did make a big deal, and and I guess I'll get to talk about it uh, next week. Cool. And it's killing me that I can't because like ah, uh, people can shit the pants. It's so awesome. Fuck. <laughs> Deep breaths, Mike. Deep breaths. <sighs> I will not indemnify myself. I will not indemnify myself. So, um, ah. so yeah. are we good to move on here? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was like dope. Uh, there was a Legend of the Five Rings thing where they like walked in with uh, everybody in samurai gear. That's cool. To like a taiko drum. Uh, it's on my Facebook somewhere. What you That's got? Fucking cool. Oh, so uh, speaking of uh, cool things, one last thing uh, I just wanted to bring up again: the uh, escape room was actually a lot of fun and totally worth it. So uh, we, we, managed, did a, we did an escape room in, uh, out here in Phoenix. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we did the, it was the KGB. And, nice. uh, yep, KGB interrogation. Uh, and I won't spoil it for anybody, but it was totally awesome, totally worth the money. So if next year they're doing the escape rooms again, absolutely suggest you go. Yeah. I got, I do have something. So the first thing I bought, I bought uh, a few things because I actually have money this year. I bought stuff like a Rilakkuma backpack uh, that she wanted very specific. Like, like it had to be made. dark in there, by the way, so I'm not sure if we can see much. But uh, the first thing I bought in the dealer's room was this print. Ooh. Well, a much smaller print of Namirkvi here from Two Stake of Vampire from Claudio Poses. We, we can't and, see uh, that so well, Mike, on the feed. 
You can see him. It's just very dark. He's yeah, a I was gonna say one. we can see his his spooky face hovering there. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. It's yeah. on Mike's yeah. Facebook. You should check it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I forgot about it. Like I left it in the hotel room on like that little tiny mirror, so like the mm -hmm. the, the maids and stuff will not notice it. And whoever gets that hotel room next will only notice it when they lay down on the bed, which is just like fantastic. So whoever gets a room fourteen forty three at the Sheridan Inn, so downtown. So it's like the people who used to live, like the Gideon guys used to leave Gideon's Bible in like the in like the hotel rooms. You're just leaving like vampire prints. Right? Yeah. No, I I support this. And Claudio sent that to me for free, and it's even bigger than the one that I got. So yay to go, Claudio! You're awesome. Thank you, nice. sir. So um, so other media interest oh, thing. Oh shit! I forgot, and I I can't get them because they're so big. Uh, the Andreas Walters and uh, some other people, the people who did the art for D and D, like the the art house. Mm -hmm. Uh, they had this huge print, like way too big, to fit in a conventional car. Like if I had a sedan, I wouldn't be able to take it home. But uh, I found it, and it just said like free GM screen. It's like five feet high. Oh wow! And it's like yeah, it's fucking massive. Like it must cost them like over uh, I'd say probably about 200 bucks and it just said free GM screen on it and I was like and so I just picked it up immediately and like I took it back to the booth and I had to make two trips between the convention center and the hotel to get all my shit from the dealer's room into mm. the booth and then like I had to fold the one a little bit and even then I could only kind of see out of the back window but I made it all the way back to Pittsburgh and yeah now That's I have good. three oh, massive pieces of art alright yeah. Yeah, Kevin's back that's with us. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I was just Hi. talking about my free art hall. Oh, cool. I, was, I was here with you. I just had to put out <sighs> But, uh, yeah, that, that would be, I think, it for me for Gen Con. Yeah. So, yeah, um, other media of interest. Um, Mike, do uh, we want to talk about Defenders yet? I'm willing to talk about Defenders. Guys, I watched it. You, Savannah, Kevin, you guys down for this? I mean, I won't have anything to discuss, but, I mean, I'll, I'll provide color commentary. Cool. Okay. <laughs> And by the way, your hair is an awesome color to add commentary to your face. I guess. I don't know where that was going. That that kind of went like I got. Nope, never mind. Um, so anyway, defenders. Um, yes. I dug it. Um, there were some things I didn't like about it. It was short, and if that's one of your complaints about a series, is it short? Iron Fist was slightly better than he was in the in Iron Fist, but he still. No, that's weak a low bar. Are you serious? What? How funny is. He was horrible. Yeah, he was still just god awful. He, he was right. Uh, he went from a, really like a zero to a one out of a hundred. So you know, and I, I hate to go like out of order, but the the final scene, like, are you fucking serious? His stupid outfit. Are you fucking serious? No, him getting out. Like, are you serious? Yep. He's just like, oh my god, I hope he's in El Salvador or some just like, totally yep. fucked place. Like, <laughs> uh, minor spoilers. I, but hey, spoilers. Um. But yeah, I, I do like that they actually had some chemistry between the characters. The, the kind of cool lighting tricks were nice. Um, <laughs> Did you see the meme that was just like Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and then Rosario Dawson be like, the Defenders were awesome! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I read the article that was, here is the, the things you need to know about Iron Fist so you don't have to watch it yep. before you watch it. So my, my wife so. is going through Iron Fist right now, uh, slowly. And um, she's like, the first two episodes, she's like, oh, this is so cool. I'm like, wait for it. And she's like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, wait for it. And like two episodes later, she's like, he's a whiny bitch. 
<laughs> no life. Really I like that. Like Luke Cage at one point, just like I'm gonna use it. I don't know. Black explains him. Like he's just like, dude, check your privilege. Get the fuck out. And and he's like, what do you mean? And we're like, he tries to like, <laughs> he tries to like wonky like, like kung fu like wisdom. And Bla- and Luke Cage is just like, stop. No. <laughs> No, and I think like the the people who are writing just kind of knew it and were like, just just stop, go away, please. Uh, you know, some of that plot recently? felt really heavy-handed too. You know, just you know what I learned recently. Yeah. Do you remember the dude who was the drunken master in Iron Fist? Yeah. The best fight scene in that series. Yes. He was going to be Iron Fist. Oh. And he had charisma. What? He had character. He had well, hold on. Kung Fu skills. They could make him into. They could make him into Randall, the I guy really who was Iron Fist like, just before Danny Rand. I know, but I just hope they make him into it's something because he's like totally a, a heroin addict because he found out that he can use drugs to suppress the Iron Fist mm-hmm. and like hide from all the enemies, and so that he's just like been doping up since like 1950. Oh, wow. it's so good. The run of it is so fucking good. That's when they introduced the eternal, the other eternal cities, and like Fat Cobra and fucking, uh, oh, the Hero of Orphans and Lady of Spiders. Oh my god! By the way, you know that was supposed to be uh, Sister of Spiders in the uh, fucking Kung Fu tournament thing, right? Oh, was it, why did they make it Lady of Spiders? But they they called her the Sister of Spiders, and it's like, oh, is really, that a proper name, Sister? That's what okay. they, that's what I think they called in the MCU, but that's who it's supposed to be. And I'm like, that's not her. Don't fuck with me. Come on. Oh, that they had in the Iron Fist series? This is the same one. Yeah, I don't know. Just I was disappointed they used her, frankly. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, I, I, I understand because the old Chinese gangster lady is the grandmother. I get that. But, like, yeah. where's Davos? Where's that at? So, here's I, the weird I, thing. They have, um... Like, the purple name? Iron Fist is who I'm yeah. talking about. The Steel Serpent. Like, um, so they have, um... What's her, what's her name? Sigourney Weaver in the series? And she has some yeah. good screen presence. Yeah. yeah um, but the problem is, she's a useless character who's. You know that the, like the show don't tell thing, they kind of yeah. dick that up. They're like, she's super smart and plans everything out, Batman style, like thirty moves ahead. And minor spoiler, she's an immortal, and so she has like hundreds of years of like connections and doing all this shit. And she constantly gets her plans ruins by, ruined by like random things. She'll just be like, um, she's like. Literally, right after she's like, trust me, I got this great plan. Her head gets cut off. Yeah. Unexpectedly. <laughs> and I'm just like, best player like in the world. I that feels a lot like uh, the Cassandra curse. You know, where it's like, oh yeah, you can totally see the future, but no one will believe you. Oh yeah, you can totally make these really great plans, but like, stupid shit will happen. Well, the uh. thing is, they, they kind of hinge the series on the two people that like, no one really, like, were not the strongest points. Like, Instead of, like, who were the two breakout stars? Well, I mean, you have, you have Daredevil kind of, like, in the, the numbers, but Luke Cage and Jessica Jones were kind of, like, the, the, the heavy hitters in terms of, like, performance, but they gave most of the series to Iron Fist and Elektra. Oh, yeah. That was a bad choice. And things, though, there are some really cool fight scenes in there. There are some legitimate things, but they kind of reuse it a few times. And it the first fight cool. scene was so bad. Like, where they're in the sewers or whatever? Like, that was just fucking terrible. Everything about it was bad. It was like, uh, instead of making a razor head, David Lynch decided to do a martial arts movie. 
<laughs> That's how bad it was. Like I just I couldn't. Well, they, just, they just brought it over as deleted footage from Iron Fist and put it in the Defenders. Yeah. I mean, it might as well be that. Um, it, they they kind of stick with the hand, and they somehow I don't know how Netflix managed to do this, but they managed to make a a, a death ninja cult, like Mystic Death Ninjas. They were so fucking cool in Daredevil, and yeah, they were definitely nearly as fucking cool. The other thing is they have this weird thing where, like, some fight scenes, they'll just be like, you know what? No one's using guns here. No one needs to use guns. And then the next fight scene, they're like, guns everywhere! And you're like, oh, because Luke Cage walked in, and they can actually have a person. I'm like... Not enough. what were you saying? Yeah, what were you saying? Oh no! I was I was just gonna say that the it seemed like uh, the the hand the ninjas under uh, Madame Gao were a lot better trained and a lot more what we expect of the hand than those that were under control of uh, both the guy from Fist and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like we deserve to have uh, some of the ninjas that were training under that guy that was like the super awesome hunter guy that we only saw for a grand total of 10 minutes across the entire series. Yep. He was awesome. He was yeah. dope. I still remember that fight. He, like, drops from the ceiling. He's been holding his heartbeat. Like, that was great. Yeah, that um, was cool, great. But they... And then you didn't see it. Yeah. But say, the whole thing is, like... No, so a lot of the dialogue felt forced, right? Like I liked it. Part I of the thing, that, for the most part, but, like, a lot of Jessica Jones' lines just were flat for me, which was weird, because that was one of the reasons that made her series so good. Because her line delivery was awesome and her dialogue was great. Well, one of the things but, I feel like is that uh, Jessica, like as a character, if you look, if it, if you were to just like take a scene like and just like put it in the void, her scenes, if you watch them, she has that same flat affect on a lot of things. But when she's playing off someone else, it look it works a lot better because a lot of times it's I'm pissed, I'm angry, I'm pissed, I'm angry, I'm snarky, and then it's like, and it works okay. But in a larger context, when she's something to work with, like when she's working with Luke Cage, it's great. Mm-hmm. But when she tries talking with like Charlie Cox or who is still the least interesting character in his own series, um, and still felt awkward, man. Like I, I, I mean, I there were... it overall, I had, I had a fucking blast while doing it. It was hit or miss, it. and not like the nine hundred average I was used to. Um, it no. was not. I, sorry, I'll give it a B plus. It wasn't like A plus for me. Um, but I enjoyed the shit out of it. I gotta tell you, I, I still did. Um, it I'm took fine. a little while to pick up pace, too. It was a little weird. It did, and... Um, and at the end, the pace was just, like, frantic. I just, I really <laughs> hope that they have, like... Like, phase two, as it were, is more... <laughs> go do something crazy, you know what I mean? Like, show us... Go to Kulun. Run, like, yeah. go fucking... I know you have a lesser budget, but, like... Toss Daredevil into, like... That's what I was thinking too. I was thinking like a South American country. Toss them somewhere fucking weird, you know. The cool thing. What is, I'm worried about is I've heard that uh, season two for Jessica Jones that was supposed to come out like eventually after the Defenders the first mm-hmm. season anyway, yep. right? Yeah. So what I'm worried about is I I hear that there's like flashbacks to the whole like Killbane Purple Man part yep. of her life. Yep. And I feel like, and I haven't seen it, so I can't judge it, but I feel like that's overall just going to make it, make the catharsis of the first season kind of weaker. Mm -hmm. Because, like, as someone who has, like, dealt with, like, physical and emotional domestic abuse, like, watching her murder the fuck out of him at the end was amazing. And and they're 
there was just all that like relief that made all of like the stress and ickiness of the past couple episodes worth it and to like have flashbacks it's like no no we have put that that to bed go do something else there's trauma elsewhere at least make a new trauma yeah hopefully they'll like do a good job of tying it to things that are important to the plot right it's yeah. not just like have trauma it's uh, like yeah. have trauma and a clue you know <laughs> have trauma yeah. will travel <laughs> i'm holding out hope that what they decide to do with it is to uh just make it more of a um more like a background thing right so we know that she's still experiencing that trauma and so is uh her friend who they said was we were going to see him having those shocks with Kilgrave like she used to in season one we'll see so what, one thing i gotta tell you right now and i know people are i posted on this on facebook people are violently disagreeing with me over it but so i am i saw the the uh punisher trailer and i am not interested Oh, Same. I I don't watch trailers, well, so but he, uh, I would definitely watch it when it comes out because I fucking so, love Punisher. Well, here, here's the problem, right? Punisher in the comics is great when he specifically, I won't say specifically because there's some really good plot lines with him, but um, particularly he beats up when, the Hulk. What? He beats the Hulk. Okay, no, that's actually what I'm talking about. Is when he's compared, when he's the normal dude with a bunch of he, he's the murder. All anti-heroes do better with a foil. That's just yeah, how exactly. It when he has a superhero foil, is what I'm saying. Yes. When it's just. Frank Castle, crazy dude with gun running around with a skull shirt, capping gangbangers <laughs> and PMCs, it's not as interesting as Punisher versus Wolverine, you know, like, that's kind of cool to be like, I'm murder hobo with a shotgun Batman, and I'm like, cool, with, with a sense of justice even, <laughs> and like a very dark one, but yeah, black and white justice, murder hobo with a shotgun dude is cool, like, I, I dig that, um, like, his role in Civil War was a lot of fun, the comics. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, I don't know. I like I like the Punisher a lot. Like, well, here's the thing. The problem is uh, the trailer shows no fantastic elements. It just looks like him shooting a bunch of like vaguely paramilitary dudes. See, this doesn't sound bad to me. But see, like, the problem is, I feel like I need something like I, it's a superhero. What, what, what bothers me about that is that you're saying he only shoots them. That's what bothers me about that. I don't I know. I hear about he him shooting the piano wire and like. That's one of the cool things about him is where he takes, like, there's, like, a vengeance to it, and a lot of the deaths he inflicts people are fucking weird and really neat, it you know? Feel, like, it just feels like it's going to be, like, a, an action movie that would be, uh, like, a mediocre action movie mm-hmm. that'll be stretched out over 12 episodes instead of being like, check it out, he's fighting fucking, I don't know, the Juggernaut, so. you know? Like, if, if oh. he's just fighting someone, like, cool, get some, some cool villains and, like, crazy death scenes and whatever. I am so down for that. But it just looked like a really boring 12-episode action series. I'm just like, please do something creative with this. Just don't make this... Like, you have a good actor. Have him do some cool stuff. Don't just throw him up against a bunch of, like, generic baddies. Uh, Speaking of pissing people off and women, uh, I released the first of the Warhammer 40k D&D 5e hack. Yeah. And in it specifically, I'm like, if any of you want to play a Lady Space Marine, play a fucking Lady Space Marine. I will give you extra stuff. And uh, on Facebook, I had a couple guys who got pissy with me, and I actually dealt with them. And by the end of it, they were like, oh, yeah, it is kind of shitty that, like, the superhumans are always depicted as males. I was like, yeah. Imagine trying to get your daughter to get interested in this, and you have to be like, oh, no, the coolest stuff is in the boys-only club. Like, fuck yep. you. 
Um, so, yeah, but on well, Reddit, it's kind of like when uh, ladies could only have a 16th strength in old school D and D. It's yeah. like <sighs> what attracted me to D and D was the phrase that said, "Women are no less like strong than men," and I'm like, I like this game. And so I'm, like, I'm a big part of the Warhammer fan community. Fuck my core. The, oh, and they were all like, "Oh, the sisters of battle," and I was like, "Oh, great!" So like, she can be silent. That's great. That's one I want to teach my kid. Yeah. Oh. Like, but you can be powerful by accepting silence in society. So, like, oh, that's awful! I, didn't I know. Yeah, that. I mean, they're they're cool. I like the the sororitas and stuff, but like, that's not a great value to be taught. It's, it's no. not cool either. <laughs> no. So, um, like uh, said, I'm part of the, the warmer like fan community. They have a big wiki. They contribute mm-hmm. a lot to it. Um, and that stuff gets thrown up a lot. That kind of toxic masculinity, like, no, no, man, you understand? They can only be implanted in them. Like, I don't fucking care, dude. Yeah. Go look at your old versions. Squats existed. There are absurd things in the universe. There was once a half Eldar uh, librarian of the Ultramarines chapter. Um, I maintain that they've left en- enough like enigma to it all that like the yeah. lost Primarchs could totally be women. And here's the thing: I totally just want to write because I, I write. I write. I think there's like chapters. twelve different fruits they have to pick from for when they do it. Yeah, but, yeah. Like that's definitely one of the fucking fruits. Totally. And I'm just like, you know what? At some point, like, I just want to write up and be like, no, this is legitimately how it works. Because they have a bunch of rules in their site over what you get, like, content can be posted on their fan site. I'm like, guess what? I'm going to violate all... I'm not going to violate any damn rules by posting that. They can't be from the Lost Primark is the only thing. I'll be like, I don't care. This one... It worked. That's what all you need to know. So, anyway, <coughs> yeah, um, it's just, it's, we seem yeah, to have gotten a tangent here. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other, any other media of interest that was particularly interesting came up. I know, I've been out of it with work. Oh, Rick and Morty! Hey, Pickle Rick was at Gen Con. That was really cool. I heard. I heard. Um, And then, yeah, I don't know if you guys have been watching fucking Rick and Morty, but it's still amazing. I'm sure it's fine. I literally cannot get past Rick's grossness (laughs) and and cannot watch it, so go for it. The last episode, there literally was a toxic Rick. I I saw that. That was fucking beautiful, dude. It was. It was Um, really good. No, Pickle Rick was amazing. Um, I'm still... I'm. This, this season's going really good. Um, Kirk, relax. Sorry, my, do- my wife just left. Um, so the... What's his name? Dan, the guy who... One of the guys who makes it. Dan, Dan Hartman. Yeah. So he's actually making a new series with the Game Grumps. <laughs> Kirk, relax. Come here, buddy. Um, that, I'm, that I'm pretty psyched about. Uh, what's it called? Harmon Quest still? Do they have season two of Harmon Quest yet? I don't know. But they, uh, they, it's, uh, it's, it's them as a bunch of, uh, like, esports to comedy. Um, he actually got to go on the show for a bit. It's kind of cool. I don't know. I loved it. So, check out uh, that episode. Did you watch Harmon Quest at all? No. Okay, Harmon Quest, they play a Pathfinder, uh, specifically, which is yeah. cool. Uh, and they bring on, like, celebrity people. They did season one already. It's, I, it's, I know what it is. Fun. I just haven't watched it. Yeah, dude, season two apparently is coming out on, uh, September 15th. Cool. All right, so let's uh, let's jump onto the Kickstarters. Yes. So. All right, I think Keith mind. listed um, seven serifs. Talk it up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us are, are somewhat involved in this, just so. I imagine that he has already started putting you to work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kevin. Oh no! Yeah. I'm sorry. I was. I thought we were doing the, the transition thing. So. I was like, oh no, yeah, no, transition. No, 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 I forgot. We forgot the wave handing. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, but yeah, Kickstarter is 
City of Seven Seraphs. I fear you've been involved with that somewhat. Uh, oh, so I am not involved with it, unfortunately, personally. Uh, however, I did back it, and uh, it is a hey, wonderful project. Yeah, well, yep, yeah, no, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I backed it. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it's being run by uh, Kristen Third. Yep, and, we, we, uh, we, we've done this. Uh, so me, me and Savannah are actually uh, working on it, so we pitched it a few times. Oh, very nice. Okay. Yeah. How so, do you think is coolest? It's this like uh, let's. Well, it's not necessarily a campaign capstone thing, but that's what I think is coolest about it. Sort of like yeah. sigil. It's where you go after you're done reaching 18th level and shit. Although uh, he said that you can play like the whole thing from first level and onwards. So. Yeah. You but, can. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you what about, What about it is most intriguing to you? Oh, so far I've enjoyed uh, watching all of the things that Kristen posts about, like the the secrets being revealed and. Uh, the puzzles that people have been solving and stuff. Um, I haven't found any myself. I have no idea how to even start, uh, but I've enjoyed seeing what they have done. And um, certainly I, I do hope that the campaign finishes uh, and gets funded here in the next 10 days or so that it's being up Oh, it's stuff. definitely going to fund. Oh, yeah. you're going to fund it. I, I funded at the uh, the print level because I'm I'm terrible about wanting all the prints because the artwork yes. is amazing. Mm -hmm. It really is so far. I, I'm really excited. I haven't seen the stuff for the stuff, the artwork for the stuff I wrote, and I'm like, I'm really looking forward to it, because I specifically made uh, Pon Pon Academia have a crest of purple or of pink and gold, and it's run by gnomes, so even better. I like it. Yeah, from what I hear, you can you can do low level stuff. You and your players just have to be cognizant that not all of the city is at your level. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun fact: the Temple of Coins will accept your presence at any level, provided you have something to bargain with. Uh, and let me assure you that trading away your soul is a quick, painless operation. And once it's over, you won't feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's the line from that first episode of Futurama? Uh, Lungs come out today. Gills come in Tuesday. <laughs> yep. So right. um. Let's see. Yeah. Check out um, the link in the Kickstarter. Is... Or in the description. Yep. Um, Untamed the Bestiary. I haven't heard of this one. Yeah. Uh, so, Crystal. Uh, Crystal Sully, the person that we were going to have on this week, but wires got crossed, uh, is currently in the middle of funding several times over uh, the Untamed Bestiary, which... Yeah, no, she was aiming for 7,000. They were at... 500. They're at 45,000. Yep, and I hope they make the next 10,000. She's going to be at Dragon Con uh, shilling, so I hope they make the next 10,000, because if they hit 55,000, you get an option to upgrade your book so that you get a blacklight pin, and your copy of the book will come with um, like blacklight-sensitive ink that shows the skeletons of the creatures. That was so cool. I'm looking at that over. That's so cool. That's yeah, no, it, it's just like insanely neat. Um, so what is this called? Uh, the Untamed Bestiary. Um, yep, yeah, uh, Crystal does a lot of uh, monster dragon themed things, uh, so she put a lot of them together. They've unlocked a stat book now, like, they've had to scramble for stretch goals because, you know, Crystal's like, I didn't think that we'd even fund! And, like, within the first day, they, they'd blown through everything. And, yeah. That's pretty cool. So, Crystal's awesome. You should definitely check out the Untamed Beast here. Oh, and it's for 5th edition. And there's a picture ah, of her playing with asses. 
She's she's drawing and she's surrounded by donkeys. No, that's not uh, yeah. <laughs> Savannah's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> hey, I'm like, I'm not computing. Yeah, no, she's drawing the donkeys. Uh, uh, board game. My mortal enemy. Okay, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I the only reason I brought this one up, the next one is uh Warehouse thirteen. It's Warehouse thirteen. I have a soft spot for that series. Mm. It was so weird, so fun. I don't know. It just like was super camp. And they're they're trying to fund a board game. I don't know, dude. It's it's exciting for me. I, I want a new thing okay. more. I'm glad that people can enjoy board games. I just I just don't. I just ah, try. Well, here I mean, there's certain. I mean, you can go to like Avalon Press. They those are technically board games, dude. Sure. So. I mean, when I play life, it's very different from when other people play life. Oh, that's, that's I'm like, the fun part, dude. Like life and Monopoly become like a yeah. fucking war, dude. That's the Monopoly. I want to tell the story of Gary. He lives in a small town called Punxsutawney, Indiana. He's the son of a mill-like worker, and his mom worked at. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is you what happens when you start worker. playing life. My brain thought you said he's the son of a milf, and I'm like, <laughs> okay. Also, but... a place the game could go, but like, I don't play life the way you're supposed to play it. I never end up doing that with a board game, and it annoys so, the shit so out of have, everybody else. So, do you guys ever play like Risk or like Monopoly with friends? Mm -hmm. used to play Risk I all the time. Know, I like to keep my friends, exactly. so I do um, not. <laughs> I have been banned from paying, playing Monopoly. I am mean as shit. It, like, it brings the worst out of me. I also am not competitive. I don't like competitive uh, stuff. So. Well, so I got I, a good... Go oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of Monopoly, uh, and I didn't want to stop you from telling your story, I just, uh, we, uh, one year for April Fool's Day, I always try to make an April Fool's game. Mm -hmm. And I ran the I ran my group through an entire game that they didn't realize until the end was actually Monopoly that we were playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they were they were making deals with with uh, diplomacy and like t trading things with people and stuff. And, and by the end of the game, they were like, "We're playing Monopoly." <laughs> were there trains? Yeah. yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't trains. It was like uh, we did. Um, I called the world Ponum. And the basically every time that they every time that they went to do something, I told them that Ponum has these uh, teleporting uh, portals that you go into, and so you always roll two d six to determine where you end up. And so, <laughs> so over the course of the game, they're rolling, and I'm like, oh, you end up in this uh, this garden, uh, this garden, and this guy approaches you, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm trying to get this garden to stay alive, but people want to destroy it, and I just need you to help me kind of back it up and everything, if you would. And they're like, well, what's it going to cost us to do that? And he's like, oh, I don't know, like uh, 250 gold or so, something like that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, it was great. So, you know, so somebody bought it, and then later on they came by, and he's like, I'll tell you what, I'll share you some of the profits if people stop by. And uh, so somebody else ends up there, and he's like, so we're taking donations. And uh, the next time he's like, oh, well, here's your here's your share of your profits that you got from that. Beautiful. Yeah. So um, there was a game. So, I, so you guys probably have this problem too, where it's like you get invited to a game night with your with your group of local non-designer friends, and you're like, I can't. Board be a games have here. their place. Board what? games have their place. I would say board games don't have their place. They do. They do. So, so there's this time I go to this game, and um, one of the play it, it, it was with designers with with like a design professor I had, and he was like, I want you to play test this game, and it's like American Megafauna or something, which is like. You play as a species, and your goal is to um, evolve and go and grow. And each region can have 
two different, uh, one carnivore and one herbivore. And you don't, like, lose herbivores, just, like, population and control. Um, and if your creatures is, are bigger in size, they get to do things. Well, I chose the, omniv the, um, the mammals who could be carnivores and omnivores. Otherwise, everyone else had to choose one or the other. So I decided to feed them myself. Two branches, it'd be like, it'd be like if, I don't know, like monkeys were herbivores and humans were carnivores and only ate monkeys. And I took over oh. the entire world and destroyed everything by my, by my cannibalistic hybridizing, like could breed <laughs> with each other species. <laughs> and the, the professor's just like, what are you doing? I'm like, taking <laughs> over the game. And we're like, oh shit, we're just for fun. Oh shit. You know, like, so it was one of those, like, I don't play that way when I play with my friends. I'm like, yeah, I'll roll 2d6. Give me your fucking boardwalk. I'll pay you all your goddamn my money, and then I'll make you my bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, gotta, say, gotta turn that off. Can't play that game. Can't, can't win the game. Just have to play the game. Have to enjoy the game. Yeah. That is hard to do. Um, so what's the last one on here? Uh, red shirts, which is probably going to end before this gets on no, YouTube. We, we, we but, talked um, about this one before, didn't we? We have talked about it okay, before. Cool, it's, cool. it's well overfunded there in their last 45 hours. I, lo I, um, I like the idea. It's a good It's It sounds like it would work well with Alien Party Bus. It very uh, much is why will. I brought up. Um, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm totally excited. Comedy Adventure that we have the same kind Starfinder of... is what we're talking about. Yeah, I, I just ran it through the screen. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a great little, like, Futurama esque, like, Hitchhiker's Guide kind of thing. I like that. The Terrible Tacos is Mission 1. Love it. And the Pirate Bonanza is Mission 3. That's excellent. I like it. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, um, that's it for, for Kickstarter for me, I think. I don't know. I uh, like I said, I've been head down working, so. So, yeah. Kevin, guess what? Yeah, Your sure. chance. Floor is yours. What, what do you want to talk about, buddy? Oh, goodness. Uh, Alright, so... How much time do I have so I know what I can start yeah. getting into? Five, ten minutes. Five, ten minutes. Yeah. Five, ten minutes? Okay. All right. So let's see. Um, wow. I know. I've been reading about this all night, and I was waiting for it, and I just don't know. So, okay. Let's let's start from the top. So I um, – oh, I know. So at, Kickstar at uh, Gen Con, uh, we released a game for Samurai Shoot Dog. We actually released it with WizKids. Um, cool. the, yep, the game is called uh, two games actually. The one I'm going to talk about first though is uh, Approaching Dawn: The Witching Hour by Ken Shannon, my esteemed associate and good friend. Uh, basically, the Approaching Dawn: Witching Hour is a game where you play a group, a coven of witches, right? And we're not talking like hags; we're talking like actual pagan Wiccan witches, yeah. Uh, because there's not enough representation of that right now in yeah. a good light in media. So having that be something that we put in uh, that we put in a game actually makes it a lot more fun for that, and it helps to bring more attention to it. Um, so the game has you play. You're this group of uh, witches who accidentally opened up a portal to. Um, I don't think I don't think the final game ended with it in hell because it's really a game that's more kid oriented. But it's like an evil portal, yeah. and there's these demons all coming through, and uh, you have to stop them before the day ends because otherwise the portal will stay open and destroy everything. And um, so, yeah, and they, so the game actually plays really fun because what it is is uh, you have your powers that you have, and in order to invoke your powers, you can use light magic or dark magic. Uh, light magic 
is not as strong as dark magic, but it helps to keep everybody sustained and alive um, so that they can last longer into the game. Dark magic is power. It's at a cost. Uh, the person usually next to you ends up taking extra dark magic on them, which mm -hmm. means that they get closer to death as they play. Um, and so it's a balancing act of you trying to keep everybody alive, because if anybody dies, the circle breaks and the game ends. Um, yeah, and so you have to make that decision as, okay, well, I gave my friend a bunch of dark magic last turn, and we haven't had anybody use white magic to remove it, so I'm going to try and take it a little bit easier this turn. Things like that. Um, it plays over, I want to say it's 12 rounds. Um, basically, it acts like a clock, right? So there's like a little clock timer that you move one turn around every time somebody goes and takes, finishes their turns. Yeah. Um, and there's different scenarios. So the game itself comes with uh, comes with several scenarios that you can actually play from the start. And they had one special scenario that they released with Gen Con uh, that allowed you to play as uh, ancient witches that uh, had come before you that are actually trying to break out of the portal to get back into the real world. Um, yeah, so the, the game's a lot of fun. We got a chance, I actually went with Ken last year, um, and we pitched it to a bunch of people. Actually, no, it wasn't last year, it was the year before. But we pitched it to a whole bunch of people at this speed dating thing at Gen Con, where you basically they pair you off with the group designers, and they're like, oh, we like your game, or this is why we really don't like it, and then they move on to the next and uh, WizKids ended up picking it up, so oh. it's actually going to be released uh, around October, pretty much near Halloween, and it'll be available anywhere that uh, WizKids can sell games. I think Target's one of them, and then a bunch of others plus online. So, awesome. Yeah, yeah, great game. Um, so the other game was, uh, and I'm not unfortunately as familiar with this one, but it was called Tournament at Camelot, mm -hmm. and the, the gist of this game is it's a trick-taking game, uh, where you basically are, you're at this tournament and you're competing against your uh, friends to try to see who can win based on the things that they do that are all like Arthurian legends and stuff like that. Um, again, sorry, don't, I'm not too familiar with that one, but it's uh, I've been told that is a really fun game, and uh, a lot of the people that have reviewed it so far seem to like it. So uh, they they sold out of Tournament at Camelot, and they oh, almost wow. sold out of The Witching Hour while they were at Gen Con. So, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Very happy. Ken is super excited about it. We all are. And, uh, yeah. So there's those. Um, let's see. We've got Hal. Uh, Hal Greenberg is our other uh, friend that we work with, actually. We're saying, all I, I, I have drink and eat with that man, so I understand. <laughs> yes. Yes, and Hal is a great person to, to hang out with, especially. Mm -hmm. But uh, So Hal Greenberg handles all of our novels writing and stuff like that that we do mm -hmm. for Samurai Shippon. And uh, right now, he and I were talking about, just recently, we're going to do, uh, we're looking into setting up Kickstarters for not only The Awakened 3, the third book in our Awakened series that we have, uh, but also uh, a book called The Isle of Bones, which The Isle of Bones is, it's still set in the world of The Awakened. And just as a brief summary, in the world of The Awakened, humans at the age of 19 gain superpowers. Um, they don't always gain them, but sometimes they do, and sometimes when they do, they're in an area that people don't like that particular thing. So they might get persecuted or captured, um, or they might be celebrated, you know, like, oh my god, this person can help raise crops, stuff like that. Uh, they can also get an animal companion that'll show up, and uh, that animal companion is your awakened companion. Uh, you have what's called mind speak, 
you could talk to them, uh, basically sharing thoughts with each other and stuff. And uh, the first two books, uh, they're both anthologies. The third one's going to be the same. It's all collections of stories. And uh, they, they tell you different tales of different heroes and characters within that world called Grimaton. Uh, and what their experiences are, either being awakened or having awakened for the first time. Uh, we have collections of authors. Uh, I've written some stories for it now. I'll be in. I'm in book two, and I'm going to be in book three. Uh, we have stories from Ed Greenwood, uh, Darren Drader, Kevin Colt, um, Monica, and uh, yep, yeah. the Marlows. The Marlows, yeah. yeah. We, we saw yep. that one. It was a good uh, one. We heard about uh -huh. it. Speaking about it. Uh, Jolly Johnson, uh, Ty Johnson, Rice Smith. And I'm sorry if anybody's watching this. I apologize if I didn't remember you. Um, but we have a lot of them. And certainly if you look up The Awakened by Hal Greenberg on Google or on Amazon, you'll certainly find it and the list of authors there. Uh, but that said, so we're looking into Kickstarters for The Isle of Bones. And uh, The Isle of Bones is basically another continent in the same world where actual fantasy races live. So the main story for The Awakened focuses only on humans, and that's that was done very specifically because it wanted we wanted the focus to be on the humans and the magic around them. Um, so the fantasy races are on this other island called the Isle of Bones, uh, where you get elves and dwarves and orcs and stuff like that. They're dealing with their own set of problems when they come of age and become awakened. Uh, and that will ultimately lead into The Awakened RPG, which we are, uh, we are working on. And I'm going to be working with Charles Clemens, uh, and I do believe we we have spoken with, but I don't know if we've gotten confirmation that Ed Greenwood would be doing the forward for that. Um, and the <laughs> idea behind it is that in the Awakened RPG, um, it's going to be pretty much standalone. Like we're not planning for this to be compatible for you to just bring anybody into your game from uh, Pathfinder. But uh, within the world of the Awakened, you can actually play an Awakened character or you can play one of the characters that isn't awakened, but has to deal with them and learn how to interact with them. Uh, we're going to have the uh, the Awakened itself currently. A uh, really great idea from Clinton Boomer uh, was to take the Awakened and make it a variation of the Kinesis class, uh, which we will be uh, experiencing, which we'll, we're experimenting with, and we're going to basically put out and kind of show that uh, for people to see as we go along with the production of it. So, All right. Yeah. Well, so you have a lot on your plate, man. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the Kickstarter is going to be a lot of fun whenever we get around to it. And then the RPG, once we actually start uh, putting things together with it, is going to be pretty interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it in the show. Okay. Yes. But yeah, anyway, um, thanks for coming on, man. It's a lot yeah, of fun. No, thanks for having me. I mean, I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, good. Mike, we got any uh, closing words here? Uh, I don't think any Munchausen this week because my wife's standing here with her arms crossed. Yeah, we went a little bit I did have a closing thought about Gen Con. Um, uh, the industry's growing really fast. It is. Like, we grew from 1.1 to 1.4 billion uh, in the last year, which is like 30%. Mm. And the licensing, man, there was so much licensed stuff at Gen Con. Mm -hmm. Like, there's normally you see some licensing, but it was all fucking ton of it this time. Yeah, I know. There was something that we ended up talking about, like, in the, the after Gen Con dinner, like, right before driving home, like, man, like, fucking everybody's getting licenses. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, like licensing of intellectual property, so it's like, 
Street Fighter and, and Capcom and, and fucking Lord of the Rings, everything and, and oh, yeah. yeah. Bob Ross. Yeah, Bob <laughs> even Bob freaking Ross. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Although technically his is public domain, isn't he? No, he's not public domain. He can't be public domain. Wasn't he on PBS? He was. Does that make him public domain? Oh shit, I don't know. That's a weird one. No. I, I think it. Yes. I don't, I don't it's think it's a public it broadcasting system. Because you can't it just is. like make Sesame Street stuff and sell it. But Sesame yeah. Street isn't actually public domain. Oh shit! I don't know. Bob Ross might be public domain. I don't know. But say I'm really up like on that stuff. I feel like somebody would have jumped on a Bob Ross thing if it isn't. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't. It, isn't. <laughs> it sounds like somebody did jump on a Bob. Well, this will require. Hey, man, some I, I, don't, I don't know how <laughs> that phrasing you get pretty weird there. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, next week. Do we know who is on next week? Do we have any idea? Uh, I figured on uh, swapping with Crystal. Okay, that's great. So we come next that, week to it. watch uh, Crystal Sully uh, on the show, and we'll uh, talk about the caveat. In theory, cannot guarantee, but probably. Yeah, <laughs> can totally guarantee twenty percent of the we time. We'll try. <laughs> also, we're going to be on Thursday next week. Oh, so by the way, I looked it up. You can indeed uh, his show. The joy of painting specifically is public domain. He yeah. as a that as must a be why it's all on YouTube. Yeah, it yeah. also streams on Twitch every now and then. Actually, weirdly enough, um, but yeah, he himself is not public domain. Weirdly, but if you're using from his show, you could. yeah, his character weird, on the show would be public domain. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Because if it's if he was if it was completely and totally funded by public broadcasting, uh, then it's public domain because that's public awesome. money. Um, but Sesame Street is made by like a specific puppet house mm-hmm. that makes money off merchandising and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and sells or licenses rather Sesame Street for a very like low amount of money to the public. There we go. All right, guys. So um, yeah, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, yes. We'll see you again next week. Thursdays at Thursday at seven seven thirty or something. I think something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It'll be it'll be three hours beyond. So it'll be an hour. Yeah, it'll be moving an hour. I think. Oh, so eight. Well, but we'll talk. About look it. on the page. We will say when it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a nice night.